goddammit, Bill. <laughs> uh, hello again, and welcome to a very special episode of the Manipool Drama and You. <laughs> Uh, in case something goes horribly wrong this episode, I want everyone to know I took a sharp blow to the head uh, towards the very end of work today, and I'm not quite right. You should have seen the other guy. You should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was big. He hit me hard. <laughs> oh, man. So, yes, this is the Manipool. We're brought to you, as always, by Cardshark.com, a better way to buy and sell collectible card games. Uh, you should go there and buy cards that are collectible. Crap, I got articles to post. Damn it, I forgot. I guess I'll have to do that, eh, let's say tomorrow. Uh, this is... Okay, wait, I just posted 262. So this is episode 263 of the Mana Pool. That's deductive reasoning. Ha! My head is fine. What was I doing? Of the Mana Pool. Of the Mana Pool. <laughs> and I'm Chewy, and my brain hurts. Yeah, I'm a dork, and I got these other dorks. Who the hell are you people? And what hey, are you doing I'm... in my house? Oh, is that where I am? <laughs> that explains a lot. Um, here I thought I was just a voice in your head. That's the surprise ending. Ooh. Uh, I'm Brian. I'm the lead rambler. I guess you can unlock me if you get all the medals. And, um, <laughs> and I'm here to talk. So, talk I shall. Uh... I'm Mike, I'm the rules guy, and the game lore guy, and believe it or not, Soiling Green is people. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, spoiler alert, my bad. Oh, man. <laughs> that's horrible. Are they people that come with a sled? Because that's even worse. <laughs> oh, my. And I'm Dirk, the self-proclaimed greenest man alive, and I don't know what, because these guys need more than just a compass to get out of this bag. That's moral GPS. I have one of those. She's yeah, that mm-hmm. might help, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. Like in Hook. It'd be awesome. Eric says moral compass and mommy of the group. <laughs> yeah, that's Chelsea. The I don't know what she would be. But definitely not me. She's the Budinsky of the group. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we're also joined this week as seems to be a... Really? A uh, what? Like quarterly? Yeah, a quarterly tradition. Tradition, that's the word I was going for. Oh, God, I did hit my head. Uh, yeah, hey, Bill. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bill. Um, sometimes when work isn't eating me, I do the squeaky tweets on Twitter. Other times I give them a ride to Charlotte because we're going to go to Charlotte. Let's go to Charlotte, guys. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's official. Um, at least Bill and I, and I think Mike, too, will be there. Yeah, I've said that like like five times. Yeah, it's still true. It is still true. (laughs) I know you're going, but I was going to say, Bill and I and probably Mike will be there Friday night and Saturday and Sunday. Get brunch. We have nothing else to do, apparently. And my uh, Brian, uh, Steve, what is your name, boy? And don't lie to me because you live here, and I'll find out who you are. Brian, you're going to be there at least Saturday, and if you day two, you'll be there Sunday, I'm guessing. That's correct. No Friday night for me. I have children. Children! What have they done? <laughs> Wave of babies. So, I wanted to share this real quick um, before we, we do anything. Yay, share time. I, I opened up... Where did I go? Okay, so Hot Girl at Work and I went to 
the place is named Harley Races, the Hong Kong King Buffet. Yeah, I said it. And I got all the food and all of that, and then they brought us our bill with a fortune cookie. And I opened up my fortune cookie, and it says, and I quote, someone is watching you from afar. And I was like, actually, I think I got yours. <laughs> Smooth. But someone is watching you from afar. That's not a fortune cookie. This is like a... That's a warning. It's a creepy warning cookie. <laughs> Still not as good as... uh only tears can bring a dreamer back to earth or something that horrible thing. Oh, God, that was, that's pretty yeah, that terrible. Was that, was <laughs> that, was, that was great. And when the moment comes, take the top one. That is still sitting here on my desk. I just picked it up. That's awesome. Yeah, that's the one that spoiled Miracle Cards, right? Yeah. <laughs> and who says we don't get a, uh, uh, exclusive spoilers here? You just got to buy enough cookies. <laughs> But then uh, the last time I had Chinese food, before that, Scott and Molly and I were at a Chinese place here in Kernersville, and I cracked mine open, and there was no fortune. And Scott cracked his open, and there was no fortune. And Molly had a fortune, and it was one of those dumb ones, like, and you're like, what? That's not a fortune. It's like, Steve has cancer, and because he's a planeswalker, and olive oil. And I was like, that's not not a fortune. (laughs) But anyway. About all the new mechanics in Dragon's Maze. (laughs) Uh, anyway, I'm I'm back now. Hi, let's talk about magic. How's everybody right. doing today? Right. Magic wise, I'm okay. No, magic wise, miserable. <laughs> oh, I uh, I have I my long day. Today. Wait, are we talking magic? Or are we talking personal lives? Yeah, whichever. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. I I had my long day yesterday where I was in court at 8:30 and I had a couple cases and after 10:30 I only had one case left for trial and at 11 o'clock I went to the DA and I said I've got my guy here you've got both of the state's witnesses here you've got a lot of cases on can we just tell them to come back when court reconvenes at two o'clock and she's like well let's see what happens I'm like okay so. After doing many, many, many other things, they broke for lunch at 12.30, came back at 2. And after doing many, many, many other things, they called my trial at 5 minutes till 5 o'clock. Nice. And the judge said, nope, it's too late in the day. So we then had to put it off. And I actually felt worse for the state's witness, actually. A fairly nice young lady who missed a whole day of school to be there, so... Uh, yeah, but otherwise, I am doing okay. Sam was sick today. Uh, she had a fever, and Lex came over and babysat in the morning, even though when I called her yesterday, she said she had a cold, and I was like, um, well, the good news is you're not going to get more sick. Um, but no, Lex was great, and Sam's fever broke this afternoon, so otherwise, we're good. Yay, magic. So how did, <laughs> so when your fever breaks, what do you use to put it back together? You're not supposed to put it back together. You're supposed to take it and put it in a gift and give it to someone you don't like. So what's like in this? Cake. So what's in this box that you got me here, Brian? It's cookies. I like cookies. So they may have a slight burning aftertaste. Oh, are you trying to pull us to the dark side? Speaking of a burning aftertaste in the dark side, my boss <laughs> brought in uh, one day last week and then today. Some hot sauce, excuse me, made out of ghost peppers. Did you have a, like, coyote spirit vision? Uh, no, actually. The stuff today, it was like barbecue sauce with extreme fire in it, Uh and it was, I didn't like it. Like, the fire wasn't as hot 
as the one from last week that wasn't barbecue sauce, but I think because it was like a thicker paste, the the burn lasted longer. I was like, whoo, that's that's hot. Damn. And then like five minutes later, I'm still going, whoo, that's hot. Damn. And all he did was like a little whoop on a, on a Dorito. Just whoop, and that was it. You know, whoop. Like what? Whoop. Uh-huh. But like last week, he brought in some uh, different that wasn't, it was hot sauce. It wasn't, you know, barbecue sauce that was hot. And he put one drop on a tortilla chip and said, here, eat this. And I was like, that's pretty hot. And then I got made fun of by the, the uh, another coworker who's all manly. He's like, if it's any less than three drops, it don't count. I was like, Scott, give me three drops. And I ate it. And, and that was hot, but, you know, it wasn't like make me cry hot. Manly dude, he took a bite of the barbecue sauce stuff today and was scrambling for a drink. I took a bite and, you know, went back to work. I, I told him that if he really needed to, to we could go get him a, a change of panties. And he didn't think that was funny. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. He's like, shut up, man. Like, well, I mean, if it's too hot for you, you know. <laughs> so anyway. Would cuddling help? <laughs> I got to remember that. <laughs> you want you want a hug, man? So let's get actually on to magic now that we've wasted uh, several minutes. Um, they've announced the Gate Crash event decks. There will be a Boros one, Rally and Route. What a surprise. Yeah, really. And a Simic one, Thrive and Thrash. So, since we know nothing else about them, just out of curiosity, there's always, with one exception, I think, maybe two, there's always a good one and a bad one. Mm -hmm. The thought that I had, and was echoed on Monday Night Magic, which I haven't posted yet, but whatever, is that the Boros deck will be the the one that you, you buy to take and play and have a shot. And the Simic one will be the one with the good cards in it that you buy like, for like Battle. Like Tusk. Like, yeah. Well, he's been in two of them so far. Why not? Yeah, what hat trick. Just go ahead and admit that he's one of the best cards in Standard and just put him in every deck. Yeah, then maybe I'll get one at some point. Hmm. Oh, wait, I think I have one. Hmm. Singular. <laughs> so, is it just me, or do the boxes for these things, you know, that, that have the exact same city shot, some just different colors, feel kind of lazy? Yeah, a little bit. I don't even know if this is an actual box. This looks awful CG. Well, yeah, that's just um, that's just a design mock-up. Oh, okay. So maybe it won't look quite that boring. But that's the... Is, I'm not looking at it right now. Is the city shot you're talking about, is that the same skyline that shows up on all the Ravnica stuff? I, I think that shows up in all the wallpapers, but I have to compare them directly. Mm. I mean, I think they just throw it all over the place, which is fine. Yeah, it's just... And he, he seems... What was that? Dirk is complaining about Trevor. We're going to apply this to the gate crash boxes that we don't know the contents of anyway. (laughs) What, that that they're trying to make way too much noise? (laughs) I I think that this is the Thrive and Thrash box that he's describing. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. I mean, he's Semic, so. Yeah, he is. Anyway. So, that was entertaining and distracting, and I don't remember what day it is. <laughs> uh, so that's the event decks. We don't know anything else, or really care, for that matter. Yeah. Uh, they've also shown us the gate crash tokens, and there's an angel. Yep. And that kind of scares me. And, and we there's, have no idea why. <laughs> and there's a rat, and he's not cute. Oh, he's so not cute. Ugh. That's awful. 
And there's a frog lizard that uh, not Pongify makes. The, what is it? Rapid hybridization? Oh, it's right next to it. <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, I love Turn this my... frog lizard. This frog lizard looks like he will whoop your ass. He, he strikes me as like one of the battle toads meets the spitter from Jurassic Park. And the fact that he's the size of an elephant is not lost on me. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, so it's like a gorilla Dilophosaurus. He's like a beat-your-face-asaurus. So he taps to punch you in the face. Anyway, so he's cute. Yep. What is this? Oh, it's the cleric the Death Pact Angel makes. Ah! Yeah, and I was interested to see... (laughs) (laughs) Because, and I couldn't figure out what it was, but I thought I remembered um, another card in a recent set that made a very bizarrely specific token that didn't get a token for it in the booster packs. Hmm. But I couldn't remember what that card was. <laughs> I was just completely mystified when the, the cleric token showed up in this yeah. feature. I mean, lately they've tried to get like the super mythic token mm-hmm. thing down. I mean, they you had to collect three of the stupid things if you wanted to ever ultimate of Roska. And in my experience, they're more rare than the mythic they correspond to. Uh-huh. They're kind of like the emblems. They're just like, yeah, maybe. But I don't know. I mean, it, it's a cool token, kind of. I mean, like, I like how the, the again, its hands are all just off, like, I just got here! And then sacrifice. Ah! But, <laughs> that's how it goes. That's pretty funny. So what else we got? We've got the uh, the 1-1 one, one flying blue and black horror from Call of the Nightwing, which I can't tell if it looks creepier when it's flying past you or when it's, like, reared up to bite you. I... Uh, I think they're equally creepy either way. I think it needs a scale bat or something. <clears throat> yeah, because it might be... It's a 1-1, one, one, so it might be kind of small. It's a 1-1, one, one, but it looks huge in the picture, and that's why I'm kind of confused. I think I'm leaning toward the rearing up and eating you. After th- thinking of some cards specifically from Innistrad block where they put you in that perspective, um, like the village cannibals and things like that, I think yeah. the, oh, God, it's coming at you. You know, if this was like Starship Troopers, you've got another two seconds and they're going to cut away to somebody else because you're being eaten. That that was the worst movie ever. (laughs) (laughs) That stupid song. Uh. Although, Starship Troopers gave me one thing that I will apparently never forget, and that's, would you like to know more? (laughs) It it definitely did foresee the permutation of the internet into our everyday lives. Yeah, it did. That was obviously a mistake on the author's part. Well, yeah. <laughs> but it was supposed to be camp. It was supposed to be cheesy. Anyway, why don't red, white, 1-1 one, one soldier tokens have haste? Uh, uh, I get the feeling there's some stuff that doesn't give them haste, maybe? Or stuff that makes them without haste? Yeah. Maybe? I mean, the I mean, they, has- Yeah, they say there's there's more than one card that makes soldier tokens. So. Okay, so that you don't automatically think that they all have haste. I don't know. Okay. The two that I can think of make hasty soldiers, so... Hmm, weird. So, I think the guy in there looks like he's half football player. and Like front half? Yeah, like, well, like part of him on the front. I mean, it just, like, when I first saw that, I thought that was like a number jersey, and he just <laughs> happens to be carrying a sword like he's crazy. But Maybe he's a linebacker. Well, that, that's sort of the vibe I'm getting. Like, he, like these are like the hardcore Boros linebackers that you don't actually try to mess with. 
Oh, dude, and the and the Sun Home Guild Mage is the quarterback. See, he's rearing up for the pass. Yeah. Pass yeah. Play yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> and and they're like okay. the eleven man battalion. It's awesome. Go on. <laughs> oh man. Excuse me. We gotta go into so, vendetta mode. <laughs> <laughs> so now we've got a one-one flying black and white spirit that we don't know what makes it yet, and that looks. I don't know. Some about that's kind of creepy. Yeah. Like, is that a beard or is his face just weird? That is a beard. It's just a beard. Okay. Yeah, he's got the some going on or something. He's got the creepily long fingers, though. Yeah, that's not cool at all. He needs to not do that. Like, we already had um, the Drug Skull Reaver, and I think we're good now with the long fingers. <laughs> I think he's posing for a Magic hands. <laughs> he's posing for a what? He's posing for a queen cover. Like, I'm just imagining him among the Bohemian Rhapsody shot. Oh, yeah. He's, he's getting ready to use his uh, spirit fingers. <laughs> and then we have uh, Domri Raids, Domri Rod? Domri Eladomri's Blessing. Uh, his, his, uh, what is this thing called? Emblem. Thank you, Emblem. Which is funny, because Bill just got through mentioning, talking about the, uh, Mythic Rares with the super special tokens and whatnot, and here you got another one. Yep. Collect the whole set. <laughs> Yay, the whole set. There's a completely pointless redundant emblem. Don't try to get two. Try to get them all, though. It's like Pokemans. <laughs> yeah, it was just... As you were saying that, I was reading over the keywords to make sure whether or not any of them would actually be useful in multiple. Me too. Double hex proof. Quadruple strike. No. (laughs) Really, really fast. (laughs) And they're so hex proof you won't even know they're there. Until they punch you. You actually lay the card face down. (laughs) (laughs) Buh. Is there anything else that's not previews to talk about? There isn't, is there? Previews. Not really. Previews. Previews. Oh. Brains. Brains. All we want to do. What's the matter, Mike? I was was having suddenly, like, volume on you guys shot up, and I was like, ah, what happened? And then I realized my arm was laying on the volume control on my um, (laughs) headphones, The, the little fob on the wire. That I keep forgetting about because I never use it. Can't uh, wait. Do you get a hey dummy for that? I think you do. <laughs> hey dummy. You, you did ask what happened. <laughs> That's true. And I got my answer. I didn't like it, but. <laughs> oh, it's the man. answer that Mike needs, not the answer he wants or deserves. <laughs> Does that mean we have to talk like this? Uh, well, it's not. So the first card is called Blind Obedience. Yes, it is. <laughs> I I really like this. It's uh, swear to this. Swear to the blind. Wait. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, for one and a white, it's a rare enchantment. It has extort, huh? And it says artifacts and creatures your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped. Now there was a minute here when I'm going over this preview card and I'm blah 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 blah. They do this. Effect. It costs more without extort. Blah, 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 blah. And I finally realized the difference between this and, like, you know... It's not lands. It's not lands. Thank <laughs> you, thank you, thank you. Um, what, what, what's that effect? And it was it, it was originally in white, and then it was in blue in Planar Chaos. It's like Frozen Aether or something, yeah, right? Frozen Aether and uh, Kismet was the white one. 
Kismet, yeah. And I was, I, I was like, this completely blows my mind. I guess they've decided to, that this doesn't actually cost four men, it costs two men. And it's not extort, oh my god. The fact that it doesn't keep the lands tapped is huge. Um, but it's still a very, very good card. Very, very good card. Because this kind of gives you that extra turn where you feel like, and we've mentioned it before, that playing Extort, if you try and play on the curve, Extort can kind of slow you down a little bit. Like you play a guy with Extort on turn two, well then on turn three, you either play a two drop with Extort or you play a three drop and not get the value of Extort. This kind of allows you to almost make up for that turn. And because it at least has the extort ability on it, if you draw a second copy of it, it's not completely useless. True. Yeah. Like me. Almost. I am pretty much completely useless. But yeah, uh, Jack went into this long rant about how you shouldn't play this in EDH because as soon as it hits the board, all of your opponents are going to target you and hate you and you're going to die. And I was like, what kind of asses are you playing with? <laughs> Like, isn't that what most cards a person play in Commander? Isn't that what they do? <laughs> Make your opponents hate you? I mean, in I the mean, grand scheme of hate, that is not a very hate-heavy card. If anything, it gives oh. me a turn to figure out what you guys are doing so I know who to hate. Yeah. I I, I don't... I, I would... I actually listen... Agree with a lot of stuff that Jack says. Not everything, but for this, I, I probably strongly disagree because... And yeah, people might go, Oh, no... And yeah, extort is pretty good in multiplayer, but there's always, starting on turn three, there is always something for you to be scared of. Uh, against Chewie's progenitus deck, the only thing that I don't like about it is that, um, sometimes it just feels like a good stuff deck. And like, when I mean good stuff, I mean like, oh my god, he played something, I have to kill it, and it comes around to his turn, and I'm like, there's something else I have to deal with, and it comes down to choose turn. I'm like, oh my god, I'm just over here, like, ramping. What are you doing, like, killing people? Ugh. So sorry, sorry about that. That's okay. So, so my, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Of course, Jack's, Jack's opinion on this also, it sounded like, he's like, really, the decks you're going to put this in are decks like, you know, the Hate Bears deck and Gaddock Teague and this and that and the other. And I was like, I was going to put it in my Johan deck. <laughs> like, he was rattling off all these decks that are tailored to this sort of thing, you know? And I'm yeah. like, I was going to I was gonna put it in Johan. He's like, why? I'm like, so their guys are tapped so I can punch them. And he was, like, life. He was like, hmm. <laughs> I don't think it occurred to him that this could go in some <laughs> deck that wasn't, like, a deck built around making people hate you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't think he understands that paradigm. I mean... He's upset about this card because it makes his kitty come in tapped twice. <laughs> I don't know. So no, I mean, and I again, I do see where he's coming from with that, but I think you're right, and I think it'd be perfect for a deck like your Johan deck because it it keeps the blockers out of the way, and your deck is that deck is fairly aggressive when it when it gets going. Oh yeah, which which is pretty early. So right about to say when it works. <laughs> I think I heard that. I mean, that's, so. that's also true, because if it's not highly aggressive, it's going, hi, hi, so. I can count two potatoes. Uh, okay. Um, the only other note on that is that for, like, the limited environment type stuff, I think that does fine in a Boros deck, too, because 
then they're stuck in this really terrible spot where, like, if they attack on their turn and want to play another guy, well, they still don't have a blocker and they're about to get hit by three guys. Yeah, so yeah. That's kind of I, – I like it when the monocolor cards actually work in both decks instead of being only designed for one. Yeah, like, so so tailored to one strategy that it doesn't translate well into the, to other – Okay, so we got more cards here, like the Luminant, Luminant Primordial, because the Primordials are apparently a cycle. I don't think we've gone over any of them yet, so this is the white one. It costs five and two white. It is a four-seven with Vigilance. It's pretty good sets. It's a rare. It's an avatar. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, for each opponent, exile up to one target creature that player controls, and that player gains life equal to its power. So it's a it's a four seven with vigilance that sorts the plowshares all of your opponents. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um I love the primordials as a cycle. I love the fact that yay, multiplayer, yay, stuff that cares about multiplayer. Thank you, wizards. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um and I don't really know if I have much else to say about this because everybody knows how good Swords to Plowshares is. Well, now, take that and give it to, you know, the free opponent. Okay. Seems good. You know, blink effects, cloud shift. Yeah. I, I, I feel like it's so obvious an application, I don't have a whole lot to say. It's also a force of vigilance, so nothing is getting through anymore. Not to mention you're taking away their biggest guy. So... Yeah. It's kind of interesting to contrast against the um the big angel of the moment because that Which one Which one? <laughs> the the big expensive angel one whose name is escaping me right now. Is it Serenity? The Angel of Serenity, yes. okay. Yeah. Um because that one's like show up and take care of them, but eventually they could get those back. Whereas this one is like, nah, they're gone, have some life. And by the way, I'm gonna hit you. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kinda it's, nice. It, it's a little different in that in multiplayer, this is almost nothing. It's not strictly better. It's not nearly that. That I hate that. I'm I'm starting to really hate that phrase because it always gets me in trouble. But uh, this is p- potentially better in multiplayer because there's a chance you'll grab more than three things and get them removed. But the Angel Serenity, you've got a little more going on where you can target stuff in your graveyard, yeah, and then get it back. Um, So, what was that? I don't know what just happened. The world ended. My head hurts. <laughs> that was weird. I think I got I got blinked out by an angel of serenity, and then luckily someone shot the angel, um, which sounds bad. But now we're back. So, and that anyway, is the primordial because they don't have that extra incentive to kill it if you got rid of their stuff. That's true. All, all the only incentive they have is to kill it so they don't die. Uh, if, if anything, it's almost reverse where, like, with the angel, sometimes you don't want to kill it because they just got three things back and, and you don't want them to actually get those into their hand. Um, so, but I do find the analysis and the comparison pretty interesting. So. It's nice to have a choice. Hey, imagine playing Illuminate Primordial, having it, and getting the effect and having it die, and then playing an Angel of Serenity and exiling it. Aww. That's a long game. That is a very, well, may, hopefully not all that long, actually. That, that's more of like a, you, how, how, how frequently can you deal with my threats? 
Yeah. So, actually, the next card is the blue Primordial. Hey, we didn't talk about the Diluvian one last time? Did we? No, we I did know. not. I have no idea. No, none of these were, oh, were no, previewed we didn't. yet. None of these were previewed yet. So, take it away, somebody that's not me or Chewy. All right. The Diluvian Primordial is another member of the cycle. And for five and two blue, so he also costs seven, he's a five-five with flying. And when Diluvian Primordial enters the battlefield for each opponent, you may cast up to one target instant or sorcery card from that player's graveyard without paying its mana cost. If a card cast this way, it would be put into a graveyard this turn, exile it instead. We I love me some Chancellor of the Spires. Mm-hmm. I was running um, one or two copies in a Solar Flare-type deck after um, Innistrad came out. And it was great. And it was always wonderful to be in like the, the tournament testing room and like reveal it from my opening hand. And the opponent was like, WTF? I don't get this. And I'm like, just bear with me. And then I, you know, play it later or I, I resurrect it with a, um, burial rites and get like a wrath or, or, or whatever I need. And then they kill it and I bring it back and the spell that it copied is still in the graveyard so I can do it again. So this uh, is a little different because when you cast a spell, it's actually exiled to stop silliness. Um, but the fact that it plays better in multiplayer, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the dream for me when casting a primordial or whatever, yeah, specifically this one, is for one of my opponents to have some kind of blink spell in their graveyard. Ah. <laughs> some kind of what spell? So I've got a blinking spell. Oh, blink. Okay. So that I can be like, hey, that was fun. Let's do it again. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, that was fun. Did of, you like it? Did you like it? I liked it. Let's do it again. And especially, like, with us, think of all the crazy stuff you can do on turn seven in a blue deck. So, like, you could cast my explosive vegetation and Mike's whatever in the blue hill Mike is doing over there. <laughs> and uh Dirk's, hmm... I don't know, kill spell or burn spell. Let's go with a burn spell. Yeah, something like that. Just and this is like this is just simple. So like Ooh, a ramp spell, my, burn spell, and a like a kill spell. And just my my nothing, you know. Here. My my warp world. <laughs> You're a horrible person. <laughs> That'd actually be really really funny when you were done. Like I got this primordial. Wait, what? <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. It does say you may. Yeah. Thank goodness. And five five flyer for seven. Dragon size also puts the game away. Yeah, pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even thinking of the the ridiculous crap you can get on turn seven, like in Commander. I was thinking basic, and the basic stuff is amazing. <laughs> like Dirk's lightning helix, my explosive vegetation, and Mike's I don't know bounce spell. Let's say I don't know. Sure, why not? Why not? Evacuation. Eva- Ooh, <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, what's next? We did Enter the Infinite. We did Gridlock. <laughs> a Leyline Phantom. A Leyline Phantom. Ooh, ooh, oh, yeah, this I want is, that one. This is Dark uh, wants it. This is Limited Resources exclusive preview card that they sent in the episode and I posted it the day after their published date. They were uh, Marshall was like, "Yeah, that's my bad." <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> anyway, do it, Dirk. Leyline Phantasm or Phantom for four and a blue. 
It's an it's a common illusion. That's a five five. So a five five for five. Woohoo! What could happen? <laughs> what could happen here? It's a common. Uh, when it deals combat damage, Pushed. return it to its owner's hand. Creatures are too good these days. Whoa! <laughs> I just realized that doesn't say to a player. Nope. Or opponent. Yeah. Combat damage to anything. Wow. It attacks it, blocks it, whatever. There are lots of things this card doesn't say. <laughs> it's pretty expensive, yeah. but the the most important co- point of the card is the part that Dirk didn't read. I was honestly surprised. I was like, "Wow, we've uh, we've got a little bit of spoilerage here." <laughs> well, the the part that there's a reminder text that says, "Return it only if it survived combat." Wow, I didn't even see that. I wasn't actually. Yeah, really see that. I knew you were, but that was funny. Yeah, but spoiler. I've never, I've never noticed. Have they ever I, done anything like that before? I was uh, shocked. I haven't I, seen I, anyone talking about this yet, and I'm like, why not? I think you, I think you might be reading too much into it. But I don't know. Are we still talking about the same thing? I'm trying to talk or about the reminder text. text, and Brian keeps trying to go off on the other thing. Give us a second, Brian. I'm going off on the other thing. Give us a second. <laughs> uh, okay, you have a minute to yeah, talk about I have the reminder to, text. I don't recall seeing reminder text like this on other things, but with all of the... I've started reading a lot more rules, questions, stuff on the Internet, and with all the questions I see about various, you know, return this to your hand at end of turn whatever, so many questions about... Will this make it come back from the graveyard? Will this make it come back from exile? What happens if it dies? What happens if uh, it, it gets bounced to my hand anyway? Blah, blah, blah. For a lot of people, this reminder text actually is necessary. I mean, I was thinking they they must have thought it was it was worth putting on there for them to put it on here. So Yeah. yeah. It, it does seem pretty atypical that you see reminder text on something like this. So Yeah, but we already know how, how something like that works. Well, that's because we are clearly awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, flavor text, Brian. Oh, yes, the flavor text. Is the maze itself a phantom, or is one as real as the other? Perhaps I am as mad as the dragon from Jace Berlin's journal. And I was like, hey, maze, dragon, dra- maze, dragon, dragon, maze, huh? And... So I think they're kind of leading us into the next set a little bit. I find it interesting that he... The question itself is strange. Is the maze itself a phantom? You're like, what does that mean? And does it perhaps indicate that, again, there's something kind of laying over or laying under the plane? But actually, the the biggest hint toward what the nature of the maze actually is is maybe in the name of the creature, because Ravnica was the, or technically Guild Pact was the first set with the leyline enchantments, and leylines represent intersections of large magical currents or something. Um, so perhaps the maze itself exists because of these leylines and these intersections, and that's what um, Bolas is trying to. That's what Mizit. Miz- Miz- wow! Wow! Wow, that was a spoiler card. You're right. Uh, perhaps, perhaps that's what Niv Miz is actually trying to pull at. So I was like, wow. And then I was like, wow. And I was like, am I reading too much into this? Maybe. I don't know. So. <laughs> well, I'll throw in my two cents into this as well. And mine has absolutely nothing to do with that. Ah, well, somebody has something to say about what I had to say. Drag so talk. to kind of go back to the, the ability that this has, the evolve ability, 
Oh yeah, it's ridiculous yeah, yeah. with the ball. Yeah, this this is going to make I, like as soon as I read what this thing was, I'm like, <gasps> I'm so glad this is common because this is going in the the Simic deck. Well, because, it's a, oh it's a, my gosh! It's a pretty heavy duty blocker. <clears throat> Uh, that's actually kind of difficult for them to remove, or you almost feel bad using a removal spell on it because you're like, all I have to do is damage it, block it, <laughs> block it, or, or or do anything. But it's a heavy. Not damage it. It's whenever it deals damage, not when yeah. it gets. Well, I, I know, I know, but um, like throw a blocker in the way, or just send some guys or whatever. So you almost feel bad about having to block it up. But as Dirk pointed, it's a heavy duty. Uh, evolve enabler, and if you've got any sort of, all the evolve guys we've seen are pretty small. If you've got anything that allows you to remove counters for any sort of effect, then you can just do this forever and turn this into almost like a no-win situation. You said duty. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those cards that I was kind of alluding to earlier where it works really well with one of that color's mechanics and utterly terribly with the other one. I'm going to encode it. I don't recommend it. <laughs> You're not going to like what happens. I mean, you can if you just like exiling cards. I hate this spell. I can't believe I have to cast it. Let's make sure I don't have to cast it again. Here we go. <laughs> he is Simic's buddy. All right. We talked about Stolen Identity last time, correct? Uh, yes. Uh, yes. I think. Didn't we? Pretty sure. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure we did. Um, I believe the next one is the... Oh, it's this mythic here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Mr. Guest Host Person Guy. Yeah, Tell us about the Lord. Your name is Bloodworth. You should take a demon. Well, you're not going to take the vampire joke? I get it. Okay. What, sure. We have any vampires, do we? <laughs> Probably. Let's, let's stick with this demon for right now, though. Okay. So, Lord of the Void... For four black, 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 this mythic rare creature demon is a 7-7. Seven, 7-7 seven. Seven, seven for 7. Whenever Lord of the Void deals combat damage to a player, exile the top seven cards of that player's library, then put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield under your control. And then do a dance. This is a weird 7 thing here. It's almost like the, um, what was the demon that had all the 6s on it? Uh, the Hellcarver uh, demon? Hellcarver. Yeah, where it's like, hi, I'm R&D, and I'd love to emphasize numbers. Numbers are strange, and demons are weird, so they worship numbers. So, oh, yeah, and the card is pretty cool. I, I'm yeah. not knocking the card. Yeah, and the fact that he flies means you can punch through. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, this is this is weird. I like the it's, way when they first showed Cypher, people were like, well, I guess Demir doesn't do... Milling. And then every card they've shown since then is like, oh, by the way, mill some bunch of cards. I'm like, what? This, this feels strange, almost strange on a black card. This, I mean, I guess it makes sense, but black usually takes creatures from the graveyard. It doesn't usually take them directly out of their library. That almost feels like a blue sort of effect. Like a bribery sort of thing. This Except is like this a, not a hybrid them, card. It's not taking them straight from the library. It's taking them from exile. It's Ooh. taking them from exile, and I get that. But <laughs> how did they just get into exile? Uh, straight out of the library. <laughs> straight out of the library. So. Well, I think this something too is that this is a demon, and typically, like when we talked about before, isn't it the demons who have some sort of drawback? 
you know what's going to happen? Mike's going to mill away a phage. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, because it doesn't say it's you not make made, dude. You can totally. Oh, oh, what the All right, so, yeah, Mike hits somebody. They're like, land, 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 phage. And then Mike looks at the Land. He's like, no. Land. No. no. $2 reach. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yet another way for Mike to kill himself with a demon. <laughs> oh, we gotta be keeping records of these. <laughs> but the, the thing is, is I don't see like in reading. Like I thought it was, and then the other person gets a creature from, yeah, you know the stack. Well, he, I didn't realize it said under well, your control. So that means not only did you mill them of their creatures, but then you get one of them. Yeah. Well, keep in mind that usually the demons that have drawbacks are kind of under-costed. And if you're spending seven, including three black mana, it would feel kind of bad to be like, I spent all this to get this guy. And a seven, seven flyer for seven is, is not bad, not bad at all. I'm not saying that that is bad on, on, on the curve, a bad, bad mana cost for what you get. But if you then give it a drawback, it feels a little bit like wow, you know. So other yeah, than the, the mythic uh, rarity and everything, yeah. And I've I've also started to get the impression that um, seven seems to be, except for certain extremely special uh, effects, seven seems to be the magic number. The mana cost just stops, and beyond it, they're like, yeah, you get whatever. This card costs seven. That's fine. Achievement unlocked. You have reached yeah. seven mana. Has anyone else also gotten that impression that seven seems to be the stopping point except for really, really special stuff? I think that's probably pretty accurate. I hadn't really put any thought into it, but... I think, in general, the the philosophy is that for seven, you can do whatever you want, or for five and a card, you can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And from there, they just sort of extrapolate. Mm -hmm. All righty. So, Chewie, did Chewie go first? Chewie went first, so Chewie gets... We, we've actually got several cards in a row here that we have not done. So. Which is crazy. And I love this guy because he looks so happy. Look at that grin. He's like, hmm. He looks like he got hit in the head. <laughs> um, Ogre Slumlord. Slumlord! For three. Slumlord. For three black black is a 3 3 Ogre Rogue. He's a rogue? That's weird. <laughs> I guess if you're going to be a Slumlord, you got to learn to sneak around. Uh, he is rare, and he says, whenever another non-token creature dies, you may put a 1-1 black rat creature token onto the battlefield. And that's good. But then he goes, rats you control have death touch. Yeah. Don't eat that. So guess what happens when those rats get into combat? You're going to get more rats. They make more rats. <laughs> well, non-token creature. No, would they kill something? Oh, it's... Creature dies, not creature you control? Yeah! yeah. <laughs> and, wow. Uh, Hi, I'm joining the show because I didn't, I just assumed, I just assumed, and I thought it was pretty darn good. It was like, hey, okay, go ahead, go ahead and kill my stuff and I'll turn them into, into little rats of death. It's any creature at all. Oh. And that's something, something that someone said, Sometime. It might have been Monday Night Magic. It might have been randomly in conversation. Someone was like, oh, why does it make rats? That's dumb. And Clues, I think, said, because pack rat counts rats. And my my brain seized up. <laughs> I said, blah, blah. 
I think it's also just the general city theme. Like you've got the tenement, uh, crasher and, and, and gridlock and that sort of thing. Well, it's the ogre slum lore and there are rats in slums. Uh, in Dissension, there was the rat catcher ogre guy that went around catching rats. Um, so there's kind of a ogre rat sort of flavor thing going on here. And there's also pack rat. <laughs> Hey, and Pack Rat needs to have death touch. Totally. Hey, Mike, was um, the rat token the one you were thinking was missing from Return to Ravnica? Um, oh, yeah, it was the Pack Rat token. Yeah. <laughs> like, the most important token in the set, arguably, in terms of, like, crazy nonsense. And, yeah, that was the one they didn't do. Maybe they didn't do it because you would need a lot of them if they were going to make it at all, and then it would just get yeah obnoxious to print and collate and, or collect. I actually had an interesting conversation with a friend when this was spoiled over the hypothetical best pack ever, or like the best draft ever, where you managed to get Slumlord and Pack Rats, and mm-hmm. having to decide the right ratio between guys that you play versus guys that you just turn directly into rats. That's and pretty crazy since they're not meant to be drafted together. They will be. They will be, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, is that, is that how it's going to work great. when when um, Dragon's Maze comes out? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah that's too large. Wow, that's trippy. Ugh. Ugh. So like, it was the hypothetical scenario where we were just sort of debating among each other the point of diminishing returns for just pumping out rats. So it's kind of interesting. The way, the way I have treated Pack Rat when I am fortunate enough to draft, I haven't drafted Ravnica literally in months because I just have not had the time or resources. But I did a couple drafts, and I got a couple of them. The most successful strategy I had was actually just to kind of treat it as another creature because if you never draw it, filling your deck with a whole lot of silly, pointless stuff doesn't work. And then if you play it, the the best strategy is literally just forget everything else you're doing until they can kill it and just pitch whatever you got. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. So... I don't know that it really needs a whole lot of special treatment. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying your discussion was completely without merit, but. Oh no, it, it was, it was interesting because we were going on about the fact that the, um, it, you're making all these rat tokens that are getting bigger and bigger and bigger, obviously. Yeah. But, um, when you're running around with the ogre guy, sometimes you need the death touch to actually get some of them relevant until they're sufficiently large. So mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting. But that is rat guy. <laughs> Hell yeah, rat guy. Time for another primordial. Uh, it's technically my turn, but you know what? I got the first primordial, so Mike, why don't you tell us about the black one? All right. The That's sepul- racist. <laughs> the yes, sepulchral, The sepulchral primordial is the black one, and for five and two black, it's a five-four with intimidate. Oh, all of these are, their creature type is avatar. We haven't mentioned that yet. We did on the first one. I wasn't paying attention. So... Five, four, intimidate for seven. And when the Sepulchral Primordial enters the battlefield for each opponent, you may put up to one target creature card from that player's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. So this is that thing we were talking about earlier when the demon came up, black grabbing creatures out of people's graveyards as one of the main ways it steals creatures. Yeah. Black is so mean. All of these, <laughs> like I said, are pretty good in multiplayer, but this is almost one, this almost has to be one of the strongest effects, hands down. Because, especially if you're playing EDH or anything like that, where you've got big stuff, and big stuff eventually dies, thanks to sweepers and things like that, the ability to then get a guy from each, gra- each opponent's graveyard, 
Yeah, and it's five power with intimidate. Yeah. You thought five five flyer was going to hit someone. This guy is going to hit someone. Yeah. So crazy shenanigans, and it plays well with all of the milling going on here. Mm-hmm. He also makes for an interesting buddy to the Deluvian Primordial because they're both doing the same thing, but for different card types. Like, give me that spell. Give me that guy. Mill, mill, give me mill. that. Give me that spell that's not a creature. Oh yeah. Well, give me that spell that is a creature. Hey, let's be friends. Oh, you already got that guy out? Let me get the white one over here. Now have some life. Okay, now I'm the blue one's going to, you know, ghost away, and we're both going to come back for more. Let's not be silly. Uh, <laughs> it's way too late for that. <laughs> well, all right. I like also, don't forget the intimidate on it. It's kind of innocuous next to the other ability, but, you know, fear is still pretty good when you have five power. Yeah. So next we got a parasite, a thrall parasite, as if thralls were not already a parasite on our beloved city. Um, this is the one-drop extort enabler that we were all kind of wondering, like, are they going to go there? Is it going to be a zero-one with no other abilities? No, it no. is a it is a one-one for one black. It's a thrall. It's an uncommon. It has extort. And it has what could be a very relevant ability. Tap it, pay to life, remove a counter from target non-land permanent. That's right. I said, Dirk, your guy with a plus one, plus one counter is now a little smaller. Maybe we're in the middle of combat. Maybe your creature dies because of it. Uh, Mike, your Gideon now has one less counter on it. Oh, well darn. Well darn. But hey, I'm just saying that could be relevant. Uh, maybe, maybe you knocked your Jace down to, you know, do that factor fiction thing he likes to do. So, boom. Um, uh, charge counters, uh, fire alarm counters. Filibuster uh, counters. Bla- blaze counters. Oh. What, what do you say? Filibuster counters. Filibuster <laughs> counters. <laughs> yeah. So. He also makes those annoying zombies keep coming back. He makes some, you know, uh, un, un, my guys, you know, their their plus one plus one counters go away and they can come back. Uh, my my evolve guys can keep getting bigger if. Definitely. <laughs> I'll pay you life to do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say every idea was a good idea, but I there's like the a text. but there's a lot of stuff you can do with this card. I think the Rakdos guys would probably want to put him in there. Oh, yeah, dude, you can turn off now, Unleash. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. I'm going to pay two lives and tap this guy and then make that guy a blocker and then prevent the two damage you're going to do. Wait. Wait. No, but it's it's like, I'll play this guy Unleashed. Your turn. And another guy's like, okay, I'll attack. I'm like, okay, he's leashed. I'll block. <laughs> Kill it. Yes. Uh, the hunger of a vampire and the subtlety of a tax collector. <laughs> it's pretty good. I really wanted to swap those nouns around so hard. <laughs> no, I think that's the point. Yeah. So uh I don't think that's really a parasite though. I think when they're that big it's a predator. Yeah, I was like, I got worms. What kind? It, the kind I guess it of dep- big two arms and a mask and a face and uh, I guess it depends on the size of whatever you're used to being a parasite for. So that's true. I mean, it is about the size of an average teenager. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's his dad, and he's like 
Dad, can I borrow five dollars? <laughs> He's extorting him, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> can I use the car this weekend? Ah, suck the blood, suck the blood. <laughs> He's just trying to make sure he's got the right angle for yelling into his ear. Yeah, that's it. So, Bill, why don't you tell us about this guy that you met that was telling you all that stuff down under? Oh, you know. The um, the Undercity Informer, great guy. Two in the black for a 2-3. That's already fine for limited. He's a human rogue, uncommon, and for one and sacrifice a creature. Target player reveals cards from the top of his or her library until he or she reveals a land card, then puts those cards into his or her graveyard. That is a sack outlet. That's pretty strong. It's a sack outlet. Okay, my guy's going to die anyway. Let's go ahead and, you know, get an effect. And this, how long is it going to take before this starts adding up really fast? All you need is one or two kind of lucky, you know, hits with this, and the game can start really going your way. I think there may be enough viable mill spells in this block for this to actually work. Yeah, the ones I've seen thus far are all... At least pretty good. Yeah. And I love the fact, once again, going back to what Bill was saying earlier, that even if you're not running Demir, if you're in Orzhov, you know, yeah, maybe this isn't your primary mode to victory, but if you need, you may need a sack outlet. Like if they enchant your guy with something like an arrest, okay, well, kill it and then maybe I've got a way to bring it back. Or if something's gonna die anyway, um, you attack with your um, silly battalion angel guy, and lightning helix something will in response all sack it, and you don't get to gain the life. Excuse me. Pardon. He's me. also good friends with your primordials. Yes. So. Something to grab when you first pick those primordials. All right, dark your turn. All right. So I get five, five alarm fire. Right. So fire. 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 Wiggle. Alright, so one and two reds. It's a rare enchantment. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage, put a blaze counter on five alarm fire. Remove five blaze counters from five alarm fire. Five alarm fire. Try and say that five times fast. <laughs> deals five damage to target creature or player. <laughs> I really like this card. This card is nuts. It makes me so happy. It has the word five, five times. That's even better. Two, three, four, five. And then it's got the number five on it once. Yeah. (laughs) This card was brought to you by the number five. That's great. And the letter comes after four, before six. What number is it? Five. Ah! I now hate you. Five damage is a lot of damage. And I know that, you know, the opponent's going to see it coming from a little ways away. But the fact of the matter is, what are you going to do about it whenever a creature you control deals combat damage? I yeah. really don't now, think that's a 5 damage spell. I think that's a 10 damage spell. There, There's a lot of things that this card doesn't say. And yeah. this is something that I noticed the first of these, but not the second, when Bill pointed them out on the... Uh, no other way around. I noticed the second one, not the first one. The first one, it says deals combat damage. It doesn't say to a player or to a creature. It says yeah. deals combat damage. That's yeah. important. Yeah. The second one is more important. It does not say sacrifice five alarm fire. Correct. Like I yeah. read it and I was like, that's really good. And then I read it again and I said, holy, and I words that I don't want to have to go back in and bleep, and bleep later, but holy bleepity crap and I'll, what? Like I, I died. I lost it. I want yeah. all of these cards. The, um, 
I couldn't help myself. I saw this car previewed elsewhere, and I was like, hmm. And sometimes I just like to gauge reactions. Because I thought it was pretty good. I think in limited, it is crazy if they can't remove it because any sort of stall, you're going to win. Um, if all of a sudden they can't just attack you to try and gain value, if you can manipulate the game state so that you're attacking into some walls or something, if you're dealing any damage at all to anything, then they have to, you know, five damage, five damage. And then it also says to target creature or player. So it's not even just to player. You can also we, kill a creature. Brian, you had mentioned um, if they can't remove it. Have we, have we seen any white or green enchantment removal cards previewed I, yet? I, I can't think of any. I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, there was there was something, wasn't there? there? Um, it's got to be something. Oh, yeah, the so, new black and white one. Well, that's not green or white, but, but still. Um, well, it's, it's it's white. That's that's what I meant. Okay. Either green well, or white somehow. It costs six, though, so that's not it. <laughs> So so because I wanted to kind of get gauge other people's reactions, I went on to a forum on a particular site that is known for covering the spoilers. And the reactions were a little mixed. And there were some people that were like all about it. They were trying to find ways to work this into standard, which as good as I think this is in limited, I don't know, maybe might be more of an uphill battle because it doesn't have an immediate impact on the board. But, you know, Hellrider's a thing, so yay, hasty guys. Um, and then there were some people that were like talking about how great this was in limited, and there were a couple people that were saying that were not sold on it. And then there was the one guy who like almost on every forum page out of like the twenty or so pages that were up on this thing had to say, This is dumb, this is terrible, this is worse. At one point they said it is worse than search in the city. Search the city, and and mm. people were like you don't understand. And he's like, no, you can see it coming from a mile away. Uh, I just won't activate it. Uh, um, five damages. It, it would be great if it was like, one, remove a counter, deal damage. And I'm thinking, that would be broken yeah. in <laughs> half. That would be and, crazy. And it would also be he, great if it was indestructible, just saying. And, and yeah, it drew so, a card when it came into play. <laughs> if it so counted as color the source of damage, that'd be a nice plus. So <laughs> he, five dollar bill sleeve. So so this person, he he or she was just if it was named Really <laughs> this person was really not not feeling this card. You know, everybody has cards they don't like. And I'm not saying ultimately this person, you know, was wrong. I will. more wrong than everybody else. But he was <laughs> he was so set against it, it almost felt like he was just going to ignore what everybody else was saying just because he felt like he he knew it was a bad card and nobody else could see that and it's just terrible and da da da, da. So I think it's really great and limited. I, I, you don't understand if you don't think it's pretty darn good and limited. So I, I really want to play that guy and have him stare me down and go, I see it coming. I'm like, okay. <laughs> what are you gonna- that makes two of us. You're going to block. That- I don't care. <laughs> Combat damage. You're getting it one way or the other. What I like about this is that the the I think it it might possibly maybe have a, a place in standard because right now the mono red decks that are running all up and down everyone's face are critter based. There's like a yeah. gazillion critters and you know a handful of burn spells to finish them off. And I uh, I don't know if this is actually viable, but if it is, that's where it goes. Because if you've got, you know, two dudes on the ground and, okay, swing, 
there's two counters right there. You know, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just be patient about it, and for your last attack, you can just run all your guys up into their wall of blockers and get your opponent for ten. Yeah, I think it yeah. was. Oh, it was Schofield uh, on Monday Night Magic. Jeremy Schofield. He said that this is um, a Shrine of Burning Rage, but not quite as good. <laughs> I can see that. Really <laughs> and I said, "This is shri- yeah, this is Shrine of Burning Rage for the creature-based red decks, as opposed to the spell-based red decks." And he goes, "Yeah, exactly." Yeah. And that that yeah. made that's when it clicked. I was like, "Wow," because this just sits there and grows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While you're doing what you want to do anyway. Yeah. It does it not require you. It just has to be that last little bit when the board somehow stalls out. Yeah. I really and want how, to put this in the Krinko deck. Well, yeah. How bad How bad does it feel when you're looking down at They've got like three counters on it and a couple guys, and you've got a big guy in your hand that can't take five damage. And it's supposed to be like your Trump spell. And maybe it's like a 7-5 or a 5-5 five five or something. And you're like... Wow, if I play this and do anything, or if they even attack me, it'll die. Hmm. Hmm, indeed. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's also interesting for the case of Double Strike, because why not? And because every once in a while you get this fun situation where there'll be four counters on it, and you'll be able to like attack with a first striker, or defend with a first striker, and take out a 6-6. Six, six. Yeah. Like, um... Like in standard, I guess there's the Ash Zealot. I don't know if it's really seeing play, but there you go, and it's red. And then unlimited in this in this format, you know, first striker. Yeah, the the Boris Key Rune has double strike. Or the Legion Loyalist. <clears throat> oh right, that would be the next preview. That'd card. be the next card. Oh, we didn't talk about this. No, it's so short. It's awesome. He's so cute, and this card is ridiculous. Whose turn is it? Yours. <clears throat> oh, word. So, Legion Loyalist is a one-drop goblin soldier. Well, it's it's a raging goblin. So it's a 1-1 goblin soldier. Wait, so that's different. But it's a 1-1 goblin with haste. But this one happens to be rare, which means he's ridiculous. Uh, he's got battalion, and whenever he and at least two other creatures attack, creatures you control gain first strike and trample, and... Can't be blocked by creature tokens. Ah mm. oh, no! <laughs> what rats? He's got a great big sword, and he's such a little dude. His sword's taller so than tiny. he is. Oh my god, his sword's taller than he is. <laughs> but he's a little menacing too. A little menacing? He'll chop your ankles off, dude. He's terrifying. <laughs> and I, 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 I really, I really like this card because you can play it early and. You know, it's like, okay, I'm getting you getting you on the first turn. And normally in Limited, the last thing you want to be thinking about, well, okay, generalizing a little bit. But in Limited, especially in Sealed, you don't always want to have a bunch of guys at the very low end of your curve. Because if all you're doing is playing one, one ones and two ones and that sort of thing, then you're going to get outclassed in the mid-range and you're not going to be able to recover. But this guy comes down... He starts attacking right away, and before the opponent even realizes how much that one and one is hurting, as soon as he gets any buddies, it's like the attack starts with him and it just never stops. And then, you know, of course, any any one drop later in the game is is not always going to feel like the best um, the best top deck. Well, with this guy, it kind of changes because if you've already got a couple guys ready to go, then he's got haste. 
And I don't. I think I may even have mentioned on the show when we saw the um, the angel with Battalion. I was like, this. I'm glad this Lightning Helix angel does not have haste because that would be crazy. I wonder if there will be a Battalion creature with haste. And <laughs> yeah, first strike sure trample can't be blocked by tokens. Seems pretty good. So the only situation where it's not going to be all that great is when you draw it in the late game and you have no other creatures. And then, yep. so, okay, so this is one of a handful, millions of cards, or thousands, or hundreds at least, that you wouldn't want to draw in that scenario. You're probably not winning that game if you're at the battalion deck and you've got no creatures and only one guy in your yeah. hand. Yeah. So he's like a sorcery that... Does like a mini overrun when he happens because the first strike and the trample are going to come out of nowhere, and you know the the not being blocked by tokens is nice too. I'm I'm wondering if this card is good enough for standard and that sort of thing. Clues is thinking of using him in his Legacy Goblin deck. Really? Yeah, he's like, wow, wow. that's I, I really want to try this in Krinko. I was like, holy crap. Oh yeah, I mean that's cool. He's a goblin. Yeah, he counts for Krinko, and the haste does matter. And the first strike and trample pretty much matters too. And he's got a dashing cape. It, it does have, yeah. It's quite fetching on him. I dare say he's a gentleman and a scholar. And it's so much taller than he is. Oh my god. And he's he's coming at you. He's not like he's not intimidated by you at all. He's like, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> I, I like getting pictured next to the Hellraiser Goblin on the page. Like they're doing the same thing, but he's so much cooler than the Hellraiser Goblin. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Clues is really into the Hellraiser Goblin. I want to know really. why the Hellraiser Goblin has human hands. That just I just realized that. The Legion Loyalist definitely does not. Yeah. It's like asking why his thumb's on the wrong side, dude. It just doesn't work that way. Maybe he's broken through too many walls. Oh, Maybe yeah. Maybe he used to have goblin hands and he doesn't anymore. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, he had so, to go to the Simic for a hand replacement. Well, speaking of the Simic... Uh, this thing is not in the Simic Guild, but it's the next card. And I'm gonna take it because it's my turn and because I love the card this pays homage to. This is the Giant Adelphage. Did I pronounce that correctly? Someone that pronounces things? No. Looks like an Adif- Adiphage? Adiphage? Adiphage. What'd you say, bro- uh, Mike? Oh, I just said no, he didn't say it right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, so this giant thing, it costs five and two green. It's the same cost as the Primordials. But it's a 7-7 seven, seven for 7, and it's a mythic rare, and it's an insect, and it has trample. So it's a 7-7 seven, seven with trample for 7. So that's Palaka Worm. So what can you give me that's not, that's more mythic than Palaka Worm? Uh, whenever this deals combat damage to a player, put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of giant thing. Um, I loved Spawn Rise. Back in the day, which this, by the way, is almost word for word the same card, just bigger. Um, Spawn Rite is for two and a green, a, uh, a two two with trample. It's an elemental from um, Shadowmoor, and whenever it deals combat damage to a player, put a token that's a copy of Spawn Rite onto the battlefield. So this is the same thing, but it's a seven seven. I loved Spawn Rite. I loved it, but I could never quite make it work because at the three mana, I was like, all right, now I've got a 2-2. Two, two. 
and it's got trample. So all I have to do is hit one person one time, and then I've got two, and then I can hit somebody, and then I'll have four. And it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And it was a 2-2. Two, two. This is not a 2 <laughs> This is not a 2-2. Two, two. This, this is a big-ass, big-ass. 7-7. Seven, seven. So thank you, Spawn Rive. I see that you've grown up a little bit. Uh, had his Wheaties. <laughs> he had his Wheaties. He's not the wee little elemental we remember. Oh, my God. He drank his milk and got real big, and now he's come back to kick all our asses. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, being a seven-power trampler, he's probably going to trample. Yeah. <laughs> that player is going to take some damage. Yeah, well, and that's why the built-in trample on on both these guys, but especially the spawn, the the <clears throat> giant is is so key. I Milk, love it the flavor does text. a body good. What I love the flavor text to a creature like that, we must seem like well bugs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dirk, do you like it? You like green things? Do you like it? Oh yeah, I think it's pretty. Well, why don't you tell us about this elf? <laughs> uh, gyre elf or gyre sage? Sorry. <laughs> Same thing, whatever. Yeah, uh, it's a one green, yeah, one green mana. It's a rare elf druid that has evolve, huzzah! <laughs> and it's a one two, and it says tap. Add one green mana to your mana pool for each plus one plus one counter on Gyre Sage. Now to clarify, because I didn't quite catch that, it's one and a green, so it's two. Yeah, it's sa- I really could have sworn both. No, times. it's just. It's just a green mana. No, no, no. It's it's cost. Oh yeah, it's one green. One yes. and a green. There you oh, go. One and a green. <laughs> yeah, the way you said it the first time came out a little muddled. Oh, yeah. sorry. And it made you. Yeah, one and a green. <clears throat> Mike My Flores bad. previewed this card on the mothership, and they usually give him like format defining cards. Not all the time, mm-hmm. but usually. But I, I don't know. I guess I'm just a little. I think it'll be great, especially in multiplayer. I just don't know, like, if it's all that great. Like, hey, in, hey, in constructed. Don't just the mana pool forum invitational card. We built I know, that right? You guys built this from scratch. It was awesome. <laughs> the day was that was like the day before it was preview. That was amazing. That was pretty great. I must have missed that. Sorry. <clears throat> Yeah, some some of the guys in the forums and the create a card thread started saying, uh, I can't remember who started the conversation, but it was basically, oh man, I really wanted an evolved creature that made mana, and then he basically designed uh, Gyre Sage, like right there. And the next day, my floor has previewed it, and they were like, well. <laughs> yeah, okay. like it was it was designed a little bit differently, but the ultimate design of it was very similar. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I, I'm I am not at all distant that person. I think actually that's pretty cool, and it speaks to how, um, how how this is something that can definitely be used. I just don't know if it's like nuts to guts sort of awesome. Like, yeah, wow. this is uh, this can be good, but um, but but it, it requires a lot of work to be to be good in the automatically good sense. Yeah. If you get what I mean when I say automatically good. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, for mana accelerators, like, Lanoir Elves is great. Um, who was the one with Level Up that was nuts? The, um... Oh. Tree Speaker of Shaman or something? No. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. And that, that again, was nuts because... You literally play it on turn one. On turn two, you level up, and you get your two mana right back. Yeah. With with Gyre Sage, you don't, you don't get mana the first time. Yeah. You gotta no. do something else before you even get the first green. Exactly. 
which which so. really really holds it back. I mean, granted, once it gets that second plus one plus one counter, it's a pretty good card. Yeah. It just gets better from there. But it uh, yeah, you know, it, it takes two other creatures to get there first. So it takes two. Yeah. Do you guys remember Blessings of Nature? Nope. Yeah. Distribute four <laughs> plus one plus one counters on any number of target creatures. Miracle for a green. Yeah. yeah. I think that's more its direction. I don't think actually getting this the normal way is worth your time. Yeah. No. It's yeah, too yeah. slow well, for blessings that. Blessings of. I've heard blessings of nature tossed around since we saw the very first evolved creature. So. Yeah, I think this is the one where that would actually be kind of beneficial because tapping for green, 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 green is pretty good. Um. Yeah. But as it is, it's a slow one, and it's never going to actually accelerate you that much. Because not only would you have to play, like, a 2-2 or bigger, you'd then have to play a 3-3 or bigger. And at that point, you're just playing creatures, so you're not really ramping. But (laughs) it is important to remember, you know, when you see these evolved creatures with, uh, with utilities, it is important to remember that even if you're like, well, I don't have anything else to spend this three mana on, well, you've still got a... Four or five creature. So at some point you might want to actually tap it, not for mana. But yeah, you know, I was I was just about to say just that. In the meantime, while the mana is helping you cast bigger stuff, when you're done casting, yeah, you got a four or five. Because sometimes, yeah. and that is a di- I will concede that is a difference between it and something like the tree speaker shaman and other um, mana tappers is this turns into a verif- ver- uh, verifiable um, threat along the way, assuming that you're able to keep making it bigger. It's probably best if you go ahead and kill it if you see one. Just a pro tip from a non-pro. Non-pro tip. Yeah, it's going to get out of burn range pretty quick. So, Mike or Bill, tell us about the ooze. <laughs> well, it's a secret to everybody. The ooze flux um, is, is a rare enchantment that costs a green and three. And the ability is pay a green and one and remove one or more plus one plus one counters from among creatures you control. Put an XX green ooze creature token on a battlefield where X is the number of plus one plus one counters removed this way. Take this. It's dangerous to go alone. Oh my god, you can remove a bunch of counters from evolved guys and they get them right back. Yeah, they'll grow again after the ooze comes out. From among creatures you control. It's true. Mm Oh yeah. my god, so if you take one from him and one from him and one from him and one from him and make a 4-4, four, four, then theoretically you could make them all back the same size, and you just made a 4-4 four, four for two mana. <laughs> and Dirk is happy. <laughs> he is a slimy hat salesman. I <laughs> uh, of Skull has a secret. <laughs> slimy hat salesman. <laughs> I love this game. This is... this. D- a lot of times when you see this sort of effect, especially on a green creature, it says at sorcery speed, like Ooze Garden. Yeah. Um, this does not say that. Yeah, that's pretty huge. Yeah. I mean, granted, you have to have the plus one, plus one counters to back it up, but an XX for two at instant speed is... is and you don't have to pay X mana. Right. That's the important <laughs> It always costs two. Wow. And and if 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 we leave limited for just a second, I would just lo- like to point out that uh, there's another guild based in green that likes tokens and likes to make more tokens. Um, you know, they like to. Okay, it's populate. <laughs> All right, 
But so say you bunch got a bunch of guys with evolve out. They've got you know plus one plus one counters. You make a big guy. They get the counters back. You maybe populate that token so that every all your evolve guys then get even more plus one plus one counters. So then you can make even bigger guys. Even bigger guys. Even bigger. And then heck, Golgari like plus one plus one counters too, right? So you. uh you throw all your counters from a, a scavenge onto one guy. You remove them to make a big guy. And then if you have any evolved guys, they all get pl- counters, even if they didn't before. You're welcome. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, now that you mentioned that, um, that the Jarrett Sage works really, really well with the Golgari deck. Because you need the mana to get the counters. You get the counters, you get the mana. You get the mana, you get the counters. That's going to be an interesting triple set draft. Oh, wow. Hmm. Uh, oh, you broke Brian. No, I, ooh, hmm, hmm, I'm sure. I'm looking, I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of it. I've got it right here. Slitherhead. Yeah. yeah, Slitherhead. Play Slitherhead, make him die, and then make, give Gyrus Age a plus one plus one counter. I don't know, discard him to a lawless troll, and then. I think we've just broken the format wide open, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All Not right. even this format. The format in three months. Yeah. It's time. <laughs> I think it's time to look back on our, our past selves and remember when we last had those three cards in that graveyard before we became big. <laughs> that was. That I'm was trying big. to keep us moving along here. That was so. such a stretch, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so since triplets does blah, 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 I mean, serene remembrance. It's a sorcery for a green. It's uncommon, so you'll probably see it. Shuffle Serene Remembrance and up to three target cards from a single graveyard into their owner's library. Green, okay. graveyard, hate, kind of. Kind of. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you usually see something like this in most sets. The don't die to decking or nullify um, recursion strategy sort of thing. Uh, what was the green one with flashback in Odyssey Block? Um, Cross and Reclamation. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like got roots and things and they're pulling it, so... Yeah, when okay. um, was it was it Gavin who previewed this? I thought it was uh, Brian Davies Marshall. Or Brian Davies Marshall, yeah, one one of those. Well, anyway, how to keep one of the things, busy? Yeah, uh, one of the things that he talked about when he previewed it was using Gaia's blessing to kind of um, change slightly the composition of his deck over the course of the game, and and I agree that's a very important use for cards like this because I've seen the effect firsthand because I, I play Guy's Blessing in my uh, Fantasy deck and what I usually do is shuffle in co- spent copies of uh, Tratna Blast and Thoughtcast back into my library which makes them come up a whole lot more often which is good for me so that's that's a useful thing that this card is good for especially since Serene Remembrance uh, shuffles itself back in so you also get the the chance to use it again later if it comes up. Yeah. Do not forget. Mm-hmm. Whoa, it's like anonymous. Well, Chewy, that does it for all the mono-colored cards. Yeah, I think we should take a short break. Mainly because I really have to pee. You heard it here first. Yeah, Chewy must pee. <laughs> Brain damage and five alarm fire and um, slimy hat salesman. <laughs> so many options for naming this episode. So before we move on to the multicolored cards, this is... God, I love this song. I don't believe I'm using it on the show, but it's great. Uh, this is Lap Dancing Lady by Tony Farino. 
Is it safe for work? Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's actually quite a nice, uh, like Tom Jones kind of song. I'll have to, I'll have to send it to you. But it's, uh, I've, I've been listening to an episode here or there, so maybe I'll catch it next time. Fair enough. Assuming this goes up in a timely manner. Uh, probably not. Sorry, uh, by the way, to everyone that had to wait an extra long time for the last episode. I don't know what happened. I encountered after five years of doing this. I encountered a brand new technical difficulty during editing, and I don't even know. What are you gonna name it? Steve. <laughs> Damn it, Steve. Damn it, Steve. <laughs> but anyway, lab dancing lady Tony Farino. I hope that's the right name. I'm pulling that from memory. I don't have it open, and we'll be right back. Stop that. I'm trying to get the baseline for the noise removal. Sorry. Sorry about that. My fruit by the foot apparently makes too much noise. Is that what that was? I was wondering. I have two feet of, of fruit. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, if I die, that's why. <laughs> I wonder if that has metric names abroad. <laughs> Kilometer of fruit? It's like a Royale with cheese type thing, but <laughs> that. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, just in case... Uh, anyone wants to know, uh, Tony Farino is uh, a character played by Steve Coogan, who is a... What is he exactly? He's an English actor slash comedian slash writer slash impressionist. And slash pit fighter. Slash pit fighter slash uh, druid. Whoops, wrong pit fighter. But yeah, that was a character he played on some TV show that it I can't really find, but... It's, it's a brilliant song. I highly recommend everyone look go YouTube it or something and look it up because it, it really is great. So, <coughs> Lap Dancing Lady. Multicolored cards. Hmm. First up, Alms Beast. Nope. <laughs> Whose turn is it? It's Chewie's turn. First up, Assemble the Legion. Of Doom. Of Doom. I was thinking of superheroes, but, you know, I like yours better. They don't have the horrible continuity problems. Uh, For three, a red and a white. It's a rare enchantment. Hmm. At the beginning of your upkeep. Put a mustard counter on Assemble the Legion. Mustard. And if you add honey, it's delicious. Then put a 1-1 one, one red and white soldier creature token with haste with on haste. the battlefield with haste for each mustard counter on Assemble the Legion. Mustard. Spicy. Right. <laughs> That's so, one spicy mustard. <laughs> also makes red and white soldier tokens. With haste. haste. Yeah, that's the other one that I could remember that made the token, and they have haste there, too. Uh, this is yet another thing that Thrall Parasite can remove counters from. Just knocked that mustard right off there. But uh, I, I like the arc because the last time I've seen a bunch of soldiers walk through in a line like that, it was when uh, the 501st Legion was assaulting the uh, Jedi Temple. Man, I hate it when that happens. How much mustard I do think they have? <laughs> Wizards R&D has a new... Um, has a new um, what's the word I'm looking for? A uh, a new business plan or a new team motto? And that motto seems to be get Brian Baker to play Boros at the pre-release. Yeah, um, the t-shirt. Because uh, yeah, yeah. Well, so far I don't know. It it seems to be working pretty well. Uh, this is 
if you've got some guys out before this and you play this, it's like, all right, next turn you're going to get one. Then regardless of what happens to that one, which, by the way, it doesn't go away automatically. There's no sacrifice clause. Then the next turn you get two. And then it just gets crazy. And they have haste and battalion and stuff and things. And hot, greasy death to go with your honey mustard. Yeah, it's, like, it's like Goblin Assault, but much better. <laughs> Not stupid. <laughs> and they don't yeah. have to attack. What yeah. are you going to say, Bill? One of the things I really like about it is how a lot of the times you have things like Krinko where you make all these one ones, but you have so much incentive to not let them die in combat because, you know, that gets kind of exponential if you don't. And so the game just sort of draws out until they can just go, ah, swing for 40. But here, you know, if you're in a bad spot, you just sit back and let them block until you have the advantage anyway. Someone somewhere is going to be at a pre-release and have both Assemble the Legion and Five Alarm Fire. And it's going to be so. funny. <laughs> Assemble the fire brigade. <laughs> and Sam somewhere says fire truck. Anytime she hears a an um a siren, she says fire truck. You should take her to the pre-release. <laughs> Be awesome. The poor child. So continuing along with the theme of let's make Brian play at Boros the pre-release. Oh my um, God! Best card ever. I'm going to say that I, I talk every time about cards that I feel are overhyped. This card is already is being called crazy, broken, etc. Uh, in my opinion, it is not being overhyped. And if it is being hyped, it is possibly not being hyped enough. Which, uh, again, I usually kind of take a slow roll to those sorts of things. This is Aurelia's Fury. For an X and a red and a white. It's a mythic burn spell. It's an instant. It is not a sorcery. Um, Aurelia's Fury deals X damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures and or players. Tap each creature dealt damage this way. Players dealt damage this way. Cast non-creature spells this turn. So basically it taps creatures and players. Yeah. It, <laughs> there's, um, okay. All right. I want to go almost line by line by this, but I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to move things along, but I think this is worth spending some time on. Uh, I want to point out the fact that when I first read this, I really thought I was missing something, and namely I was missing kind of like the secondary value that you also see on cards like Fireball, where you have to pay mana to get additional targets. You don't have to pay mana to get additional targets here. You just nuke everything or nothing, you you know, whatever. So ultimate already it's like up there in terms of like bonfire because you're going to target everything you can target. And yes, bonfire can hit hexproof guys. Not every card can be bonfire, but bonf- bonfire does not tap down the things it doesn't kill. Um, bonfire is also... Huh? Few though they may be. <laughs> Few though they may be. Few though they may be, he said. Uh, but... This is also an instant, also an instant. And yes, you can play bonfire during someone else's turn if you do shenanigans, shut up, whatever. This is always an instant. And then you're always going to hit at least one player with this because, you know, why not? It's kind of like we talked about with clan resurgence. You know, it's got that 
and or or choose all, so you're always going to pick the player. Um, and then you tap the creatures dealt damage this way, so even if you don't kill them, you then rumble in and kill them. And the players dealt damage this way can't cast non-creature spells this turn. Ha 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 Which means ha 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 in giddy ease. Um, I really liked Clan Resurgence, uh, Clan Defiance. I really liked it. Last show when we were talking about it, I said, this is a great card. This is better. This is so awesome. I think this is amazing. So, yeah, this... do you like it, Brian? <laughs> I think it's pretty good. And I think that um, <laughs> it's really great. And there are people that are saying this is too good. I really think it's great that we've entered a an era of magic when we are almost complaining about cards being too true, too good, because, you know, isn't it better to have that discussion than the, wow, there are no good cards, which card of this is the absolute worst, these cards are all bad. I would take the better argument, the, yeah, the better argument, ha ha ha, every time. Okay, everybody else say something, but not all at once. <laughs> Mike. Uh. It's it's this card and a few others that that made me uh, completely abandon my idea of maybe playing of maybe going back to F and M's and playing a Grixis control deck with Nickel Bolas in them. Just, oh. No, that's not happening. Not when there's cards like Aurelius Fury and Boris Trump, which we'll get to, that I could be playing instead. Um, Aurelius Fury is, is just a giant taser that you hit your opponent with during his upkeep, so that he can't do stuff. His creatures are down, so that when it comes into your turn, you just attack and hopefully win. Well, and you can also Aurelius Fury for one if you need to during your own turn to then make them go, all right, I either counter that or I can't counter the next spell. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm really going to be quiet now. <laughs> yeah, that was not likely. <laughs> so what's ridiculous about this is it's sheer versatility. It's a It's a kill spell. Like, oh, you're at six? Here's eight mana, you're dead. It's a clear-the-way spell. You can either pick off or tap down all of their guys so you can punch through. Mm-hmm. It's a creature kill spell. Well, I'll just kill that and that. You know. It's a it's a freaking uh, time walk, almost. Oh, it's your upkeep? Okay, I'll zap you for this and tap all your guys, and you can't cast non-creatures. Uh, okay. It's crazy! <laughs> Yeah. It's a lot like silence, yeah. And it's all those things in one. It's not even like a charm. Yeah. Where it's, it's at the like, same time! <laughs> at the same time. At the same damn time. I hate that song. But anyway, yeah. It does a lot, and it will continue to do a lot. And Four wax, dessert topping, and sawed-off shotgun. I mean, it's like the, the whole non-creature part is just so that it could be made at all. <laughs> like... <laughs> they couldn't have made it as actually just you know fireball silence into speed, so they they had to give them something. But this is one of those things where there are a lot of decks that have the planeswalker plan, and it's like if they go into you know like I'm going to play my Tomio in turn five and stabilize, and you're like no, you're, you're not just for three mana and then leave two open to burn whatever creature they've got left or something. I mean you've got so much room to mess with things, and of course the damage hits planeswalkers too if you feel like it. And then the planeswalkers can't cast Instead of the players. It is worth noting if you got one opponent and they've got a Tomio and a Jace and a Gideon, you got to pick one 
or hit them, just only, only the player. Yeah. Yeah. Bill's right, though. If you do uh, poke one of the planeswalkers, it can't cast non-creature spells. Entirely true. So anyway. this is one of those cards that, even though I know it, the instant part is really awesome for doing on your opponent's turn, it kind of makes me want to give um, Chandra Firebrand another go. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Because, you know, you, you play Chandra and then you do this and you'll get in for like, you know, for three. And that'll clear the path for whatever your low drops are. Except you're really going to get them for six. And that's just sweet. Wow. Yeah, the the one thing to remember about that that complicates it a bit is that for um for spells that can have a, a variable number of uh of targets, copying it, though it will let you change what the targets are, it won't let you change the number yeah. of targets. It, it can get murky, but... And and with things that have you distribute something divided as you choose, divided as you choose, you have to assign at least one to each thing. So when you retarget, you can't, like, have one of the targets get zero damage. It just... Don't try to overthink it too much, but keep right. in mind it's it, keep in mind you, you got to keep track of all that stuff. If and you copy it with something. And Mike, I do want to point out one thing very quickly because I actually did see this in the discussion somewhere. If my opponent casts a non-creature spell, and in response I Aurelia's Fury, and I hit that player, what happens to their non-creature spell? Uh, eventually, it will resolve <laughs> if you don't counter it. Correct. I, I, I saw that somebody said, so this is like negate. And I'm like, mm, uh, let's clear this up. No, they, you, uh, this prevents the spell it. from being cast. A spell yeah. that's already cast will still resolve. Yeah. Okay. Also, just remember if you're casting this and you're not entirely familiar with the priority system, you want to do this during their upkeep or during their draw steps because they get to do the first thing on their turn. So you can't be like, all right, well, wait for them to draw their card and then go in for the stop them on the Planeswalker trick. They get to do the first thing. But so, yeah, super fire. So, Dark, mm-hmm. how much do you love big red and green guys? Um, I can't say that I, I play a lot of them, but this guy's, um, yeah. I don't always play big red and green guys. But what <laughs> I, I do, guys are pretty yeah. big. Yeah. I, do. I do. I prefer Cyclops. <laughs> <clears throat> so, Borbori, Borborigos. Oh, crap. How did we <laughs> figure out how to pronounce that years ago? Borborigmos. Borborigmos. Yeah, there we go. Borigbum, Bobby. <laughs> Just call him Bob. Borigmos. <laughs> it's Bobby. B-boy. <laughs> I'm going to call him... Enraged. Call <laughs> him Steve. Steve enraged. Damn Steve. <laughs> no, no, no. He's got to be Bob. His name All will right. be Bob. So anyway, Bob enraged. Uh, Bob enraged will be well, for four, two red, and two green. Ah, I got it right this time. Is a mythic legendary creature Cyclops. That's a seven six with trample. Now, whenever Bob enraged, he was combat damage to a player. Reveal the top three cards of your library. Put all land cards revealed this way into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Discard a land card. Bob enraged deals three damage to target creature or player. Yeah, I like that. So, so something, uh, <laughs> something I thought about and realized, 
uh, when I when I read this guy because I didn't I didn't immediately see the connection he had to um to the gruel mechanic or anything else that was going on, but then I thought you know if you build a blood oh now I can't remember the name of the blood rush blood rush if you build like a, a blood rush gruel deck and you go the whole way where all the cards in your deck are either it's it's just creatures and lands and you're just using um uh, the blood rush guys as your spells. Borborygmus ends up turning the other half of your deck, the lands, into cards that do stuff when you draw them instead of just mm-hmm. being lands. Yes. Yeah, so everything in your deck, if you have a creatures and lands deck, is now a <gasps> combat trick. Yeah. yeah. And the lands are lightning bolts. Yep. <laughs> Originally, I, for whatever reason, I thought it was. <laughs> for whatever reason, I, I just assumed it was two because I thought, oh, they stapled uh, seismic assault onto onto this guy. I get it; it's cool, and you get more. There's a little bit of a difference between two and three when it comes to yeah. shock versus lightning bolts. Yeah, what I was trying to say earlier, but I was muted and I'm stupid. It's a big trampley dude with a better seismic assault stapled to him. What the hell? <laughs> Yeah, well, he actually grabs the forest and throws them at you. Yeah! Or he grabs the mountain and throws it at you. <laughs> so you're saying he's like a valley maker. <laughs> yeah, except the forest can't hit you anymore for the valley maker. Yeah, he got nerfed. Borbergmus <laughs> doesn't care. Borbergmus, he'll pick up an island, he'll pick up an Urborg, he doesn't even care. He didn't give half a day to throw a maze of it in your face. <laughs> Caracas. Caracas, what? Ah. Oh, that'd be awesome to pitch a maze of this. <laughs> what do you think of that? Tectonic edge to the face. Did oh. it catch you? Did it catch you? That, that's when you just have him actually pick up like only a, time a beta I duel. Edge correctly. <laughs> what was you that pick up a beta duel and go, feel the Bernie. Feel the money. <laughs> Show me the money. How much does this $300 hurt? Oh, it hurts a lot, doesn't it? It's like the the price is right, but with. (laughs) 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 All right. So, Mike, why don't you want to play Grixis Charm anymore? Well, I don't want to control. Control anymore because I have to play a deck that has four Boros Charms. As you should. Yeah. Oh man, did we not talk about this yet? No, it was Holy distributed on Friday. Crap. This is ridiculous. Yeah, because Boros Charm says, for red and white, it's an uncommon instant, choose one. Boros Charm deals four damage to target player, or permanents you control are indestructible this turn, or target creature gains double strike until end of turn. In what wow. universe did this get printed? Axe. Like, this is Axe. <laughs> All three abilities aren't supposed to be always good. This is I bad. know! <laughs> so, it's supposed okay. to be, like, one that's like, eh, and then two that are like, yeah, I can see situations where that would be good. Not like, oh, my God, I want to play each of these as an individual spell sort of thing. Like, Not- this is this is tailor-made for what Red White wants to do. It's got, yeah. It gives you direct damage reach, so in case your weenie rust doesn't make it. It gives you a way to protect against sweepers, which mm-hmm. kill all your dudes, which means you lose. Or it makes one guy stupidly better. What in the blue hell? Or the red and white hell, I guess. <laughs> I was about to say, wrong one. I guess this is hell for blue players. <laughs> that, I take it back, yeah. Ridiculous! 
Entry number 42 into the reasons that Brian is switching to the Boros Legion. <laughs> How can you not? I mean, when you just well, look at it, these, you were talking about the site for some of all last week and the week before. Yeah, well, I, I was kind of dissing on them because I think they're great, but they have not held my attention the way that I thought they would, and now I'm... Uh, so I was already kind of slipping, and now they're, like, shoving me. The only thing that's holding me back is I think Mike is already going Boros. I mean, right? I decided as soon as they previewed the Foundry guy, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going Boros. So Mike, so Chewie's going Boros, and Mike, what are you doing? Have you decided Boros. yet? Boros, yeah. So we, we've already got two people going Boros, and... uh so I just just for the sake of of some diversity, I might do something else. But they're making it hard. That second ability says permanence, not creatures. Yeah, permanence. Yeah, I really like the fact that um, right now you will always hear these little murmurings of people who are running um, rootborn defenses as an answer to the uncounterable wrath of the set. I always like rootborn defense in the right deck. But, but like this is that this is one less. Yeah. And it doesn't care about tokens. Like, I mean, there was no reason to, like, let the tokens get in the way, but, like, they cut out the part you don't care about and made it cheaper. Yeah. And if it, you don't need it, well, here's four to the face. And the, and the fact that, um, it's cheaper is so important when you're talking about protecting from wrath effects, because, in theory, they're gonna wrath when you just lay down something. They're not gonna let themselves be hit over and over again. So the ability to pay two instead of three is pretty big. It's like the reverse of the lightning bolt thing. Yeah. Less is more. Yeah, it it's an answer to sweepers, it's an answer to planeswalkers, because you can just do four to the walker, and that's gonna kill a lot of them. Oh wow. Um, you've got the double strike for anything that triggers on damage. Um, yeah, that's that's what's really good for. If if you're just talking about straight damage output to a player, that creature is going to have to be a five five or better for the double strike to beat the first mode. Yeah. So you're either using it as a contra- as a combat trick or like um, Bill said, using it to trigger something that cares about combat damage. Uh, and it's so, never ever going to be a dead card. Between so then what? Go ahead. I was going to say between Boros Charm and Aurelia's Fury. That's everything. Like, what else could you possibly want? <laughs> Nothing. Well, that's what. Like, maybe, uh, maybe you want to deal damage equal to the number of lands you control, or something. Or something. Is that a, is that a segue? That's a segue. Man, that was awkward. Whose turn is it? Uh, oh. Bills. Probably me. All right. Is it a clan defiance? Huh? Ground um, assault. What? Ground assault? Did we not? Did we do clan defiance already? Oh, oh yeah. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Yeah, it's all the way down there. That's a lot of stuff to skip. Did we already do Demir Charm? Yes. We did? Yeah, I guess we did. Uh, did we do Demir Charm? I don't know. I didn't finish last week's episode yet. <laughs> I, I think that was one of the ones we covered with clues. I Maybe. think it was. I thought it was because it okay, was like, so eh. All the way down to Ground Assault? Yeah. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling down to Ground Assault. All right. Ground Assault for a red and a green is an uncommon sorcery. Ground Assault deals damage to target creature equal to the number of lands you control. Boom. We we might also not have done the Rampager right next to it. I'm trying hard to remember. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, I don't think we did him. Okay. Well, Ground All Assault right. was pretty quick. It's cut and dry. Well, then tell us about the Rampager. Okay. Gore Clan Rampager. Two, a red and a green, uncommon creature beast, 4-4. Four, four. So you're already on a nice curve as a 4-4 four, for four. four. And it has Blood Rush for a red and a green, and Blood Rush's whole deal is you discard the card, 
and you give target attacking creature plus four plus four, and this one gives trample along with it. So that's really, really efficient combat pump. Yeah, yeah. I apologize. I think we, we saw another one with trample, so I thought, oh, we've already done it. And then I remembered, wait a minute, yeah. this is the really, really good one that only that has a stupid low blood rush cost. I think yeah. you forgot to mention that the Rampager has trample when you're reading it. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, he has trample as well. He's a 4-4 four, for four, 4 with trample, and do the way blood rush works, he gives something else plus 4 plus 4 and trample for the low, low cost of a red and a green and discarding him. Which is That's so a- weird. That's, That's a nice colossal might you got yeah. there. It that is can't be that can't be countered. Mm. Yes, That's yes, really yes. good. Yeah. That that's the reason to go gruel if you're not going Voros. Yeah. I, I'm considering going gruel because uh, you just go uh, and have everything. My only question for ground assault is I'm surprised it can hit flyers. Ground assault deals damage equal to the number of lands you control. So I'm like, okay, it's an earthquake in like effect. And uh, no, it can. It's clearly killing a dragon, both in the art and the flavor text. So you got some card lands in there, dude. Spitting Earth could always hit flyers, couldn't it? I think maybe. No, I think spitting. Yeah, spitting Earth was target creature, wasn't it? I got it. I think the idea is that when you're in the plane of cities and things start breaking, they'll fall on stuff. But that's pretty funny. All right, hey Chewy, are you gruel? I am so gruel, I guess. Good, then that Spitting means Earth. You it is target creature. Yeah. Okay. So I swear I don't think we did the Demir charm. I can't. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, sure. Let me do that real quick. So a blue and a black instant, just in case we missed it, because it doesn't sound familiar at all. Uh, counter target sorcery spell, so that's pretty good. Or, destroy target creature with power two or less, that's pretty good. Or, look at the top three cards of target player's library, then put one back and the rest into that player's graveyard. So that's alright. I, I definitely remember talking about this, because now I remember sitting here looking at the architecture and the art while I was half listening to someone, blah, blah, blah. And we were talking <laughs> specific, we spent a little time talking about the last ability in general. Um, or, or in particular. But in general, again, this is the exact opposite of the Boros charm, where this is extremely narrow. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, I don't know if this is ever, oh, I think maybe we did talk about it because I seem to remember saying, I don't know if any of these abilities are worth putting in a deck, even with the flexibility. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. it's, uh. yeah. If so, you just need a really janky miracle set up and you really miss Ponder, then I guess you can kind of do that yeah. in your blue deck. <laughs> huh. Okay, so, so... So why don't you tell us about the better charm? Yeah, let's go to the... We already talked about the better one. Let's go to the Gruul charm. <laughs> this is much hey, I think people are dumping on this unfairly, the Gruul charm. People are dumping oh, on this one? I wasn't... I, yeah, I they're was, silly. I wasn't dumping. I was talking about that other one over there. Go forth and read it. Yes, sir. Gruel Charm, red and a green, instant uncommon, in case you didn't miss all that. Choose one. Creature without flying can't block this turn. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's that's almost an I win. Or gain control of all permanents you own. They put brand on the Gruel Charm? Yeah. That's really niche, but there you have it. Yeah. <laughs> or Gruel Charm deals three damage to each creature with flying. So it either nerfs all the guys on the ground or kills all the guys in the air, seems all right. Yeah, you really have to look at the, those two abilities. The other one will happen one in a thousand games, and then yeah. the other guy's going to go, man. I, I honestly really like this one. I 
for a little while, I was thinking it was better than Boros Charm, and then I was like, well, no. I, I'm, it's not. And I'm not taking that position. But this is, this is actually really good. The, the first ability and the second ability pretty, taken together pretty much says, choose the one that means you attack this turn and possibly win. Um, or if not win, then all your guys should be getting through. And then the middle ability is exactly what a charm should have, which is the niche ability that is not going to matter most of the time, and then every other time when um, you're already getting through or whatever, and and this is giving you the problem, somebody maybe takes your guy with a um, uh, uh, zealous conscripts or or that sort of thing, and you get it back, and you haven't sacrificed a card spot for it because the other two, again, the other two parts, one of them is always, always going to be relevant. Except when you have no creatures and you can't attack. And if you're in Gruel, then... Uh, you're probably going to lose. <laughs> you're probably going to lose. So I, I really like this one. And then, of course, possibly best flavor text in It's so Ghostbusters. <laughs> That's what I thought when I saw It's Ghostbusters all over the place. Dirk, Dirk, you have to read the flavor text. Not Gruel, then die! <laughs> When someone asks you if you're a gruel, you say yes. Yes! <laughs> it's so great. Uh, I like the fact that the gruel charm looks like a hammer. It is a hammer. Yeah, I'm excellent. pretty sure it literally is a hammer. Well, I mean, the the charm is the 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 icon. Yeah, it's, it's just all the over icon. everything. Yeah. They it's just the put icon it on a hammer. On the hammer. So, moving on to not culling sun. Who wants it? Ooh, uh... It's my turn. Yeah, because it was just Chewie's turn. So yeah, Chewie. Uh, Wait, where I, is it? Merciless Eviction. I think you skipped down a bit too far. I don't even see Merciless Eviction in here. What are you talking about? It's not on the um, one of the versions of the visual spoiler. I'm on it, all cards. Do I need yeah, to it's be not on fresh? The one. I'm also on all cards. I am also. It goes Gruel Charm, High Priest Dependence, Lazav, and then Merciless Eviction. No, I see. We got Elvis, mind, grind. Mind, mind Grind. Mind Grind. Oh, maybe you guys should refresh or something. I'm going to refresh now. That's weird. Meanwhile, on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now mine moved, and Gruel Charm is now on the right. What's What side is Gruel Charm on for you guys? It was on the left. Okay, I All hit right. refresh. Now it's on the right. High yeah, Priest of Penance, right. Lazav, Merciless Eviction. I don't know what you guys are wrong with you guys. I see it now. Okay. The okay. Um, messed with us. Let's move there on. It is. It's, it's here now, so apparently between when I loaded this up at 7 o'clock and now yeah. at 9.27, it's gone up. So, okay. No, same deal for me. You're good. I will, uh, I'll, I'll take the super happy fun ball, um, in the sky. Uh, I, I always tried to make, uh, kind of like Spawn Ride, but worse. I tried to make, um, the, the, um, uh, what, what did Chewie say? Color Sun. The Culling Sun work, and it was just always disappointing. So I'm hoping this one will be better. And I'm thinking, yeah. Uh, Merciless Eviction costs four, a white and a black. Go Orzhov. Maybe I'll still hang out. Uh, it's a sorcery. It's a rare, and it's the set's sweeper de jour. Uh, choose one. Exile all artifacts, or exile all creatures, or exile all enchantments, or exile all planeswalkers. So you pick one. <laughs> Non-land permanent type, and you exile them all. Yeah, and all of that is boring until you get to exile all planeswalkers. Is there anything that hits all planeswalkers? No. Um, there was something, wasn't there? That I think something happened like over the last um, 
I, I've seen something, but I can't remember what it was. Cyclonic. I mean, Aether Snap technically kills them all, but Cyclonic. that doesn't. Are, are you talking about like target like set, calls them out by by type? Or? I thought there was something that could deal I damage. I think something to came you. out over the summer that did that. Yeah. Whatever anyway. the case, whether or not it I existed mean, before, it exists now. You're not talking about Dreadborn, are you? You're trying to think of something else? Something that Oh, Mag Magma Quake. Magma Quake, yeah, that's, that's it. what it is. Yeah. Okay. That was That's right. So right? for for a, a ton of mana, you can have the same effect and also kill all the creatures on the ground. Um that's I like this. Um, what is it? Ultimate judgment or something like that. What what's the final final judgment? Final judgment. Final judgment for four and two white exile all creatures. Uh, so now in, substitute a black instead and you get that and it's like a charm where it's like kill charm. Choose what you want to kill today. <laughs> um, and this is never going to be a dead card because if you're playing a control deck where they don't have any creatures and they're relying entirely on, gee, I don't know, shrines, Dirk, or, um, don't know what you're or, talking about. Or, you know, artifacts or whatever. Um, or this is, this is n- never gonna be a dead card unless, except against the, you know, 60 card land deck, in which case, God help yeah. us all. Uh, I like it. Exile and, target super friends. And perhaps, what? Exile target super friends. <laughs> Exile target super friends. And, um, perhaps I'll stick with my ghostly overlords this, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend after all. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. It's sort of interesting for me to compare um, this versus uh, the Terminus spell because they're both ways to get around the fact that Boros can make all your guys indestructible. Um, I think that's just the general direction that sweepers have gone in the last year is mm-hmm. finding different ways to get rid of creatures now that they're making it easier to protect creatures. And it's kind of nice because, like normal, it doesn't target, so it is your answer to stuff. I will say, though, that it competing with Terminus is kind of an interesting meta choice, because Terminus only gets creatures, but sometimes Terminus only costs, like, one. So, but you can just play Terminus as a normal four-white-white spell and get part of this effect, but it'll be fun. It'll be fun to choose. More Terminus effects. Oh, yeah? Well, I'll use my Boros Charm to make them all, damn. All right. Well, take four. (laughs) Okay, Dark, it is your turn, and as always, we have an Evolved creature for you. Huh? It's uh, the <laughs> the shamble shark. I yes. love this guy. That's my <laughs> it's favorite. It's terrifying. When I when I saw the name for that one, I laughed a little bit. I pooped a little bit. <laughs> shamble shark. Shamble shark. So shamble, shamble shark oh. for a green for a green and a blue. It's a common fish crab. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a common piece, sir. It's a 2-1 with flash and evolve. And I um I don't know. I might actually prefer this Simic to the old Simic. While I definitely, you know, enjoyed the the previous incarnation of the Simic, they were a little too organized and and structured and they were just involved with like giving you more hands or things. You didn't see them combining fish and crabs. <laughs> well, it's obviously in the water. Why not? <laughs> Heck, and if you catch this guy, if you've ever thought to yourself, man, I want a salmon and lobster tail dinner, but I just can't afford to buy the separate materials, well, yeah. Yeah, this is like the variety pack of nature. It's like, I really want crab legs and shark fin soup. Hmm. But I don't feel like killing two things. <laughs> if only science had an answer. <laughs> 
Oh. Now you too. Uh, um, oh, and it's a 2-1 guy with flash, which is already not bad. Like, you know, it reminds me of the, um, the snake that you can flash in, and I know it doesn't have death touch, but if they're not expecting this, then you're probably gonna do some damage, and then the fact that it can get, that it has evolve. Good times. Yeah. What do you think, Dirk? I like you. (laughs) Alright. Here's 11. Um, I like Flash on any creature in the Simic deck because it's like a massive combat trick with your Evolve guys. Um, 2-1 Flash against probably not going to do as much, but mm-hmm. it'll occasionally get some kind of 0-1 or 1-1 a little bit bigger, and that'll be a nice gotcha moment. Plus, yeah. you're just going to go Shamble Shark, and Shamble that'll Shark. be fun. But that, but that itself, like you said, is kind of fun because because it has the higher power, it's going to turn all your... Um, one ones and zero ones, uh, it's gonna turn on their evolve at instant speed. So, yay, combat tricky stuff. And if you play it after they attack, but before you get to your declare blockers, then you can also throw this guy in front of somebody, so. It's did true. we cover Signal the Clans last time? I think we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. We did not cover... Civic Charm. Did we? No. 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 Oh, that's no. Oh, somebody Civic Charm? Simic Charm. Uh, the Simic Charm is an instant. It's uncommon. For a green and a blue, you choose one. Target creature gets plus three, plus three until end of turn. Or permanents you control gain hexproof until end of turn. Or return target creature to its owner's hand. This is good, but this is one I think is being hyped up a bit too much. By some I, I, I think it's very good. Um, but... I mean, the middle ability might as well say counter-target creature destruction spell. Yeah. Um, which which is very good. I I, I like it. I, I good. It's always good. As I think it's really really good and limited. I don't know if it has any constructed application. Oh, I'm gonna sneeze. <laughs> Somebody else say something quick. See the the thing is, uh, all three of these. This this is one of the charms where, um. All three of these abilities are something that you could reasonably see yourself using during the course of a normal game. Oh, yeah. That's where the real strength for it lies, because everything, every part of it is actually going to be useful in normal yeah. situations. Yeah. I mean, each each one has an application, but unlike the middle uh, ability on the Gruul Charm, there it is conceivable that in a normal game, in a normal game where everything is pretty much going as you would expect, there may be a moment where you need any one of these. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's any creature is pretty strong. Returning, sorry. Right. So. Yeah, so moving yeah. on. Uh, Guild Mage. Yeah. Oh, just one other thing for the Simic Charm. Simic As it's sort of the, the staple for really cheap spells with blue in them, it does make for a really mean out-of-nowhere Snapcaster block. Because you just <laughs> sort of dump your 5-4 flash on them. So, that is sometimes. <laughs> That's cold. Alrighty, so. Guild Mage! Bill, tell us about the Guild Mage. The Skarg! Guild Mage? Yep. Red and a green. Human Shaman. Uncommon. 2 2. So far, so Guild Mage. Alright. Red and a green. Creatures you control gain trample until end of turn. That that's, gets relevant. That, that's <laughs> Creatures, plural. all of them, not just one. And a one, a red and a green. Target land you control becomes a 4 4 elemental creature until end of turn. It is still a land. Yeah. Yeah, those yeah. those are both pretty good. They're both really I cheap. <laughs> like it. Yeah. Well and the ability to go, hey, 
you've got like a two two or a, or a three three or something. So I'm just gonna. I have nothing better to do while I build up my spell. Well, build up my land. So I'm gonna animate this land and send it at you. And if you block it, it's gonna gain trample. And most of the time, somebody's not gonna just throw a creature away on it. So you you'll probably still even you just leave the mana for the sec for the first ability open, and then you play a spell later. I'm thinking more like turn two, drop a scarred guild mage. Turn three, swing for four. Except you can't do that. No, you can't. You, that would be difficult. Yeah. I guess turn <laughs> one mana accelerant of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. So turn three, scarred guild mage. Turn four, swing for four. Shut up. Yeah. Bad at this game. I forgot math. Hit myself in the head. I had a concussion. Yeah. Turn one, pitch a, pitch a simian spirit guide to help you play your gyre sage. Turn two, the scarred guild mage evolves it. And turn shut up. <laughs> and you, do have the, uh, you, ha- you do have the Burning Tree Emissary to get more mana and dudes, so I don't know. Yeah, what I see with this guy is just imagine the scenario where your opponent plays their Scar Guild Mage on schedule and, you know, the game goes on for a while, and for whatever reason you haven't been able to kill the stupid Guild Mage. And now you've got, like, your 6-6 six, six Ground Pounder, and you're looking at him, and he's got, like, you know, 7 or 8 mana open because it's late in the game. Like, can you attack? <laughs> yes, in the air. Yeah, well, that's, that's why it's a ground pounder. Like, I know. I'm this just is kidding. a two drop that's effectively saying, "No, you can't win the ground war because I'm willing to trade my land for your six drop." Yeah. So moving on. Moving on. Because this next card is amazing. Go ahead. Was it me? Oh my god! Soul ransom. No, we skipped right over the shiny crotch chick. God, I hate that picture. <laughs> Soul <laughs> ransom. We already talked about how much we hate the art. For yeah. two, a blue and a black is a rare aura. And it says, enchant creature, you control enchanted creature. So it's already a, uh... Control magic. A, a, a two-colored control magic. But it gets weird. Discard two cards, colon, soul's ransom controller sacrifices it, then draws two cards. Only any opponent may activate this ability. So, for four mana, you can either steal a creature... Or, for four mana, you can make an opponent discard two cards and draw two cards. I am happy with both of these. Yeah. Yep. Seems pretty good. Especially as they... I think Gavin uh, previewed this, like, late in the game when they can't even afford to pay the cost. Or they can't and without, like, okay, I draw for my turn, I discard both my cards. Okay, I get my creature back, but now it's summoning sick again and you're up two cards... Uh, see, something else you could do actually is when they discard two cards to pay this cost, you can sacrifice it to your Undercity, whatever he's called up here. You don't get to draw two cards, but they don't get their dude back. Yeah, you get to draw cards. Why wouldn't you get to draw your cards? Oh wait, it, no. doesn't, it doesn't say if you do. Oh, it doesn't. Ah, oh, so wow. Then, yeah, then you, wow. you you find some sack outlet, and then you can draw cards. Yeah. And they, <laughs> then they don't get their dude back. That's, yeah. that's wow. awful. That's really... If, if, you, if you pull that trick on your opponent, you get to say, You're so stupid! Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, okay. But yeah. it, it, it's kind of a weird card. I can't make up how I feel about it. I think it's very good, but I'm going to feel really bad when I'm already behind and I play it on something to take their best creature, and they're like, okay, I get it back, and I still <laughs> kill you. Well, you're gonna um, draw two cards, so well, they might not. Draw, yeah. 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 I'm, I know. I know. I'm just, and I know it's good. I guess it's, it's just not for me. Not every card can be for Brian. 
Just the Boros ones. <laughs> right. Go long. Go long. Did we talk about this guy already? We did. Sort of. Oh, um, yeah, we one other so, thing with Soul yeah. Ransom. Oh, what is it? Uh, when you, when you're the guy who's, you know, you've taken their creature and whatever, keep in mind when you're attacking that they can use that discard ability whenever they feel like it to get their guy back and block with it. So, don't forget that. That's very important. <laughs> you'll be down one of your be- attackers and they will have effectively stolen their attacker back and it'll cost them some cards and you'll get some cards, but it is a combat consideration. Onward to yeah. football. Okay. We are, we are almost actually wrapping up here. We, we covered the Boros, uh, Guild Mage last time. We so did. to, yeah, cause we oh. said how it was great that we compared it to, um, the, uh, Selesnia Guild Mage. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. You actually have to go down quite a bit into the artifacts for the next one. Really? And, uh, hey, who loves hosers? Hoser. Hoser. Use a hoser. Hose. This is, uh, glaring spotlight. This is crazy, dude. And, uh, for one mana, it's a rare artifact. And I read this and I was like, oh, and this is so funny because we were talking last time with clues <laughs> uh-huh. about Hexproof. And he said, I'm so t- tired of it because you never see Shroud anymore. It's just all upside. And I said, exactly. It mirrored how I felt. And then they're like, oh yeah? Well, here you go. So, <clears throat> creatures your opponents control with Hexproof can be the targets of spells and abilities you control as though they didn't have hexproof. I'm gonna I'll come back to that in a sec. So anyone uh, that's ever played Metal Gear Solid knows. <laughs> you get a little exclamation point above your head? Well no, I'm saying the spotlight that says it you and you're like crap and then everyone knows where you are, they can all see you, they can all shoot you. Yeah. And then uh as a separate ability, pay three and sacrifice glaring spotlight. That's three colors mana. Uh, creatures you control gain hexproof until end of turn and are unblockable this turn. So even if you didn't think you had a reason to just throw this in the deck, congratulations you do because it's all of a sudden like, and I win. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and you can't kill my guys because they have hexproof. So, or even like, even, even if it's your opponent's turn and they don't think you're gonna sack it and they go like, kill your guy and you're like, I'll protect my best guy. That's awesome. Um, now, the, I have to say, the first ability, honestly, I'm a little disappointed because I would prefer um, one of two things. I would prefer it to say something like, all creatures lose hexproof because more of a play fair sort of thing. Um, or something worded a little more generally because this says, creatures your opponents control with hexproof can be the target of spells and abilities you control. So... Um, Oh, so my glaring spotlight doesn't mean that Brian can zap Mike's hexproof dude. Exactly. Okay. Bingo. So I I, gotcha. Not being a huge fan of hexproof to begin with, I would just prefer, you know, something that actually does more. But you know, for one mana, you you can always you can sometimes tell when wizards is a that they have a problem on their hands and it usually comes in the form of one cost artifacts like Crafter's <laughs> Cage yeah. like Pything Needle they're like oh crap okay we need an answer to this SV one one cost artifact uh, get to it and I, I just love the flavor on this so there's the you what are you doing and now everyone can see you like I said and then you so there's a light that's just shining on everybody 
and you shoot out the light, and while they're all standing around blinking in the sudden, uh, complete pitch blackness, your guys, who were standing over there with their hands over their eyes so it didn't affect them, run past and kick them in the balls. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome! <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, the first, the first ability on this card is, is fine. The static ability is whatever. But really what appeals to me is the colorless overrun. Every yeah. deck gets an overrun. You get an overrun, you get an overrun. Everybody gets an overrun. Do you have a pair of keys? You've got an overrun. You've got an overrun. <laughs> You'll like this overrun. It's colorless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the fact that the, um, the, the front end of the spell is just one. And I think most of the time you're not actually going to dump it on turn one. You're going to let them commit a guy to the board before you go at them with it. Yeah. But when it comes down to surprise, it's only four mana to go, ha ha. Oh, sucks to be you. And you lose. Thanks. <laughs> so that's nice. If you can't take the heat, get out of the spotlight. If you can't take the heat, well, too bad you're taking the heat. That's <laughs> gone. I take think that, guys. how last week the, the deck that won the, the GP this nerfs it like completely. Well, I've heard completely, that from but. I've heard that from so <laughs> many so many people that were like, haha, that was cool. Haha, now it's gone. Like John Stern picked a hell of a week to play that deck and win a GP and then they nerfed it then the, like later that week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes me happy. But anyway. Happy nope. or sad? Uh well I wasn't uh, playing the deck, so happy. Ne- uh next one is the Orzhov key room. So you should probably wait. Did you just read that? I just read that. Oh, okay. So. Someone else read that. I uh, like have, read that. Uh, have we done right. a submit key rune or uh, has that? No. Okay then. Okay then. Dirk will take it out. All right. So the Orzov key rune. Uh, it's a key rune. Costs three. Makes mana. You can wake it up for two. And the Orzov key rune becomes a one-four white and black thrall artifact creature with lifelink until end of turn. That's pretty funny. I like it. It is the only key room, the only key room that can block and kill and survive a Rakdos key room. The only one. Oh, wow. Even the uh, Boros one trades with it. Mm, mm-hmm. You're right. And it's got lifelink. And it's pretty safe. I mean, it's it's only one life a time, but... <laughs> I, I think it's funny that the flavor text says... You only need to wield it once to appreciate the power of control. But I'm one four with lifelink that you can just wake up whenever is pretty decent control card. Yep. Yeah, its main function though is just going to be another way to dump mana into all of your extort cards. Though I mean, I think this one will be used for mana more than it'll be used for being a dude. Mm-hmm. Like by comparison to the other ones, I think having that one extra mana will always be welcome in those colors. Well, and that's one of the great things about this is that the only time you might be using it more as a creature is if you're getting attacked. And if you're getting attacked, this is the perfect defense card because it blocks, it's got a big butt, and it gets you a little bit of life. So they come at you with two two twos. Well, you block one, and you still take damage from them, but it's, like, slightly negated. So it's, like, for all that, you only go down one life. So it, whatever your situation is... If you're not being attacked, great mana. So, have we seen anything in those colors in this set that does something off of gaining life? Because there are so many like individual well, like, gain one life things. The the parasite that we saw, you had to pay two life to. Yeah. So I don't think maybe, anything triggers off of life gain that I 
scene. Yeah, like, I'm, I was looking for more something like the Drog Skull Reaver type thing, where it's like, you gain a little bit of life, here, have a card. Or, or like the Fathom Mage for Evolve, like when you get a plus one, plus one counter on it, draw a card. Right. So, yeah. It feels like something like that might be coming down the pipes if, you know, it just, there's yeah. too much yeah. to be going around not to. Sure. Maybe. Hey, uh, Dark. Yep. Do you have crabs? <laughs> that's a personal Dang question. <laughs> what if they're fish crabs? Oh, well, that's oh. okay. I, you know, you don't have to answer the question, I guess. Withdrawn. Such <laughs> a lawyer. And, and, uh, we always talk about that in law school, about how you watch any episode of Law and & Order, and some lawyer goes, outrageous question. And the other person goes, objection. He's like, withdrawn. And uh, what you should know is that if you do that in real life, you will get reprimanded so harshly immediately. You're not really supposed to do that. It's not <laughs> dramatic or heroic. It's just kind of dumb. So I, I would draw my question, but I do so in a timely and polite manner. So, Dirk. Show us uh, a doll where he touched you. So Simic Kirun, for three uh, colorless mana, it's an uncommon artifact, blah, blah. It, for tap it for uh, green blue mana, for green and the blue, Simic Kirun becomes a two three green and blue crab creature, uh, artifact creature with hex proof until end of turn. That's and that's a good card. Yeah, that's not bad. I like I like the fact that if they try and blow it up with something uh, like a shatter effect, yeah. even if it's not. They're not targeting it, like, necessarily to kill a creature. You can turn it into a creature to protect it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can use the green or the blue that it taps to make for half of that, so it's really a cheap way to save itself. Yeah. It also stores all those plus one, plus one counters really nicely. Yes, it does. So How does it get plus one, plus one counters? I was the just random thinking... stuff in Simic that does that. Like, it's not evolving or anything, but... Oh, okay. Um, all right. Like, there are other things that throw counters around, so... If you need a... Hat rack. Yeah, I had to check to make sure because it's already in play. Evolve won't trigger with this. Right, right. That's that's right. All right, uh, I think we've got two more cards there on the main web page, and uh, why don't we let our guests take both of these, especially since one of them is a common. Common. So there's that common one. All right, so it has one of the also awesome names for the set, which is good old Slaughterhorn. It's like the Matterhorn, but more violent. Um, the Slaughterhorn. You must be this tall to be killed. I hope so. Um, Slaughterhorn, two and a green. Creature Beast, three, two. Already nice. It's a Blood Rush. For just a green, discard Slaughterhorn. Target attacking creature gets plus three, plus two. Until end of turn. It is almost a giant growth, and it is very much ready to beat you when it doesn't need to be a giant growth. That's pretty great. His power is really high, so he can trigger some Evolve. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't need to trigger evolve, he will hit you or he will help hit you. Yeah, that's that's good. He's like an all-around great common for a single green to it. Mm. That is so little mana. I really yeah. thought that if they were going to do a single green um, for this effect, that it was going to be plus two plus two. I really thought because that's where you see a lot of the giant growth. Uh, very variants like Might of Old Crosa is a two plus two plus two unless you meet certain conditions, uh-huh. uh, that sort of thing. And when I saw it was plus three plus two, I was like, ooh, nice. So I like it. Good. Yeah, it's way up there. I mean, as usual for Blood Rush, remember that it's just attacking creatures, so it's yeah. not like an actual giant growth where you can 
save your guy or trick them on the defense or any of that, but still mm-hmm. pretty sweet. And then... Then we get... What, 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 what? To a, a land. The thespians. Lands stage. are boring. <laughs> Hooray, boring land. Thespian stage. Land. Rare. What? Tap and add one to your mana pool. That's not very impressive. <laughs> Two at a tap. Thespian stage becomes a copy of target land and gain disability. Ain't Until out. end of turn. <laughs> no. I know. Say that. <laughs> no. And, and once again, Brian played the... I really, I swear I'm better at reading cards than this, but you wouldn't think so from listening to me lately. I was like, well, why would you want to, okay, well, I guess I'll give you. Tap it, I guess that's dumb. It's dumb, alright, well, it's, I guess it's another copy of, uh, of, uh, Valakut, you know, that's, that's pretty, you don't need to tap that, that's fine. And then I was like, oh, look, it doesn't say until the turn. And then I thought, that's it. Copying Valakut. What? I also wouldn't recommend copying Valakut. Why? Um, isn't Valakut legendary or am I just... No. No, it's not. No, it should have been. You're right. should have been. There you go. You're and right. You're correct. And it's not banned in modern. No, unlike Cloudpost, which is. So, I thought, hey, this is a pretty good card, and I started oh. paying, I started paying now attention... I'm disappointed it can't be a copy of Cloudpost. It just can't. It's not in modern. Yeah. So I, I thought this was pretty good, and I started listening to what other people were saying, and people were like, oh, my God, da 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 if I mean, I like Vesuva, and if you like Vesuva, you'll probably like this. And the fact that it can, it retains the ability so you can change it into something more relevant later. Mm-hmm. Bearing in mind that the transform ability does cost three mana, so. Sure, well. You're not, you're not running time. this as a fancy reflecting pool type deal, you're probably running this with a land in mind. Probably, although even in a pinch, you know, if I get one of these at the pre-release while I run it, heck yeah, because there's always the chance that I need one more specific color of mana or my opponent were playing similar colors. But with all the, um, you know, at the last pre-release, I saw a number of like three color and four color decks um, to just go, all right, well, end of your turn, make this into one of those and then untap and do it, you know. So no, you can't do it every turn. But uh, here's something. Here's something very important to keep in mind because I'm sure plenty of people out there are starting to get this idea. It is it is very pointless to use this to copy Cavern Souls because the mana because the colored mana you make you won't be able to spend it on anything because there's there's no chosen creature type. The Thespian stage won't copy over the choice the the decision that was made for for that right. cavern right. as it came as it entered the battlefield. Yeah. It'll be undefined. That's a good point. So I mean, unlike most of the points that Mike makes. What? Uh, no. I'll have to agree with you on that one. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so there are a couple more in our forums that have come from official sources, but really there's only one that I want to do because it's quick and it's cute. Okay. I will even give you guys a link to where it was previewed from by Trick Trick Jarrett. Trick Jarrett. Good old trick. So, nice and simple, Fire Fist Striker. It's a uh, 2-1 human soldier for one and a red, and he's uncommon, and he has Battalion. When he and at least two other creatures attack... Target creature can't block this turn. That is nice when you have to attack with lots of dudes. Yeah. Like, yeah, 
Uh, these guys all have to attack. They're all going to attack. But that guy right there, he can't block. That's pretty good. That yeah. definitely makes it easier to keep doing it. Yeah. And I just realized that if you've got... Like, I know we said this when they, we first talked about Battalion, but if you've got more than one Battalion creature, then, like, if you've got a Battalion creature, Battalion creature, and a not-Battalion creature, that's really good. Yeah, your combat... Like, yeah. like, for every one that you add, it just... It almost gets way, way better. And it doesn't even matter which ones. <laughs> yeah. You attack with three Battalion dudes, you're like, woo! That's because Battalion's like Metalcraft, but it doesn't suck. But it does... <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things you don't have to build around. You're always going to want to attack with more guys. It just rewards you for doing it. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. It's not like do a barrier have, for entry. Like do a lot you of have the peoples? <laughs> Did you attack with them this turn? Yay. I mean, it's not like red wouldn't run a one and a red for a two one. I mean, it wouldn't be that happy about it, but it does it from time to time. Here, it's something that'll actually really do something with it. Yeah. Something we didn't mention about Assemble the Legion. Assemble the Legion is ridiculous for Battalion. After yeah, about I the think... second turn, holy crap. Yeah, we did mention that for Did Battalion. we mention that? Oh, never mind. Yes. Me. <laughs> okay. But okay. There's a couple more, but they'll wait till next episode because I'm tired. Fair enough. Yeah. So. Um, I, I have one question since I haven't heard the end of the last episode, and you can pretend that you're going to cut this out if you would. Um, but have you guys talked about the interaction between, um, Cypher and Extort? Yeah. Okay, just Cypher. checking. Or if, I think so. I think so. Okay. It, I don't know that you spent, have. like, a significant part of time about it, but... Yeah. Okay, just to, just, to, just to cover it again real quick, you know, the, the Cypher trigger involves casting a copy of the spell, and that triggers um, Extort. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. And that's cool. I was going to bring it up, but no Cypher cards were in the entire spoiler, so... It went nowhere. Yeah, for this time. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. They dumped One. quite a few on us last time. Gotcha. A whole week and no new cipher card. That is interesting. They're probably all bad. Well, they just <laughs> last time they did they did um the Undercity Plague and the Clona Creature thing and I want to say like one more. So maybe it was the one that taps a guy or something. So yeah, that, that was kind of heavy for a little while. Yes. So this that's was all the good. Ta- this was battalion week. This was like more battalion this week than we had seen for the whole set thus far. The rest of the cipher cards are like, uh, win the prize, kick yourself in the face, <laughs> yeah, sacrifice your left arm, aw, shuffle your graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so do I have any final thoughts, Mike? Um, my final thought is something that I uh, remembered. While we were talking about the Orzov key room, because Brian mentioned the big butt, um, Jars decided to chime in uh, on our on our discussion about what to call the uh, the white toughness pumping ability that we called. Um, some of us called butt breathing. Some of us went with sun pants, and Jars decided to suggest sun farting. Oh. I actually got an email about that too. <laughs> I don't think it was sent to dorks. I think it was sent to, to me, but... Yeah, because he left it as a comment on, on our website. Let's see here. Listener mail. Come on, Gmail. Yeah, Ricardo Moreno was like, uh, you have to get a handle on the butt-breathing term. Might I suggest farting or gassing? <laughs> what I would really like to see is something capturing the idea of having a growing apple bottom. 
<laughs> Not quite sure how to turn that into a verb. I'm sure I can improve these suggestions. Great cast. Keep up the good work. Rich. Maybe like Kardashianing. Kardashianing. Badonka donking. Badonka donking. Oh, he's got Badonka donking. You'd never be able to get through. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was great. Was that was that you, Mike? What? Was it was that it for you? Yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> Badonka breathing. I can get used to that. <laughs> I can get used to Someone else chimed in on that too on the forums. I mean, on the uh, the comments. Was that Onus? Yeah. Yeah. I love you guys, by the way, with the uh, with the comments. I'll, everyone that comments, we don't ever mention them. Hardly ever, except for Michael Gahara, who's you know brilliant. But uh. So wait, all what is good. it? Oh yeah, apparently um we're still funny in Scotland, so that's good that the humor carries over. Thank goodness, because I didn't think we were funny anywhere. Thanks <laughs> Do they have translators? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean I am a ginger. Is that racist? Uh, <laughs> that's what can be my question. Is that is that racist? <laughs> uh, oh yeah, Onus is the one who said we should just call it holy armor. I'm like, oh that's too easy. He said, that's an answer so perfect it undermines the humor of all the joke names. <laughs> yeah, that was an answer so perfect and straightforward that none of our brains could get to Yeah, it, it made so much sense that we were like, Buh? Is there a car that does this? No. No, never. <laughs> Mike, what's the card that grants vigilance? <laughs> vigilance. <laughs> that's dumb. Alright, so, who else has a final thought? Uh, Dirk, you're probably half asleep. Yeah. It's actually about my bedtime, so... Uh... I really don't have a final thought. I honestly don't. Fair enough, Brian. Uh, yeah. I'm a little tired. It's been a long couple of days. Like I said, Sam's been sick, but otherwise we're doing pretty well. Something happened on Monday, and I was like, oh, I have to mention this on the show. Should I write it down? No, I'll remember it. Now I don't have the slightest clue whether it was work-related or personal or something I saw on the Internet or whatever. Um... But so I hope all the peoples out there are doing well and take care of yourselves. I guess. Yay. Yay. So Bill? Um, go to GP Charlotte. Totally. It's sealed. It's sealed in a brand new format very shortly after it comes out, so you've got as good of odds as we're ever gonna get. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. It'll and be great. It sounds like everybody remotely magic related on the entire eastern seaboard is going to be there, and a bunch of people that aren't on the eastern seaboard. Star City is pushing it pretty hard. Yeah, it's a gold rush, which I didn't realize until not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Envelope. Yeah, so everyone, it's it's gpcharlotte.com if you want to see everything that's going on. I love the goofy meet and greet with uh, the guys on the tokens. So it's like uh, Chapin... And Jerry T and Flores and Kibler and I'm missing someone because there's five. Um, oh, um, 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 big hairy guy, not hairy. Uh, Brad but, Nelson. Uh, yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> because they're on the the tokens, the the special tokens that everyone gets if you participate in the GP. They're having a meet and greet Friday night with those guys, and I was like, really? Just, I don't really okay. understand the point of tokens that don't actually. It, it strikes me as the old player cards, and people, when they came out with those, people were like, this is dumb, and somehow Star City does it, and it's like, oh, this, is, this isn't so bad, and I'm like, really? It's because they have a power and toughness printed on them, I think. <laughs> Let's That's go with that. But, yeah. 
What anything else, Bill? Um, that's all I could immediately think of. Oh, um, nah, this this will be more fun when we actually take the trip. I'll share that story for later. Dum dum dum. And the money. Because you'll remember by then, right? Totally. Totally. Write it down. <laughs> okay then. So I, I got nothing actually. Wow, really? Good go night, to, everybody. Go to GP Charlotte. Uh, listen, listen to the Manipool. Oh wait, you're doing that already. Um, good job. I guess subscribe to us directly. The RSS feed is in every post or every show's post. If you subscribe to that directly, you'll get it when you're supposed to. Because this is what 263. And 262 is not up on MTG Cast yet, so some of you guys that are listening to this, it's a week late, and you, uh, it's already old news. The set's probably out already. <laughs> I'm just saying. And if you want to write about magic but have nowhere to do so, then you can send me an article at submissions at cardshark.com. And if it's uh, any good at all, I will post it on Cardshark for all to see. And damn it, I've got articles to post. I've got to do that. So yay! And yeah, I give up. So thanks, Bill, for joining us. Woo! And that's that. So this has been another fabulous episode of Monday Night Magic. Thank you all. No. <laughs> I was hoping somebody would catch me. <laughs> this has been. I was this... just gonna let it go. I know, right? I've been wanting a guest host on that show forever. It's yeah. not so great. I've done it. Uh-huh. Yeah, we we record too late for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, That's why I'll always be waiting. Anyway. Thank you all very much for listening, and uh, go play some magic.